dude, 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 dude. Don't mind me, I'm just air drumming over here, having a little fun. Hi guys! Hi, how's it going? Welcome to the Dude What Movie Review Podcast. Dude What? I'm one half of the hosting squad, Mr. Brian Sumner. Sitting across the table from me is the beautiful and very well-groomed Mr. Jim Miller. Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. I like that. We're coming to you from the 2420 West Studios in a pleasant, as of now, Evansville, Indiana, a subject to change within the next couple hours. It's going to get ridiculously hot, Jim. It is. I'm not happy about that, but I do have a nice clean pool that I'll be getting into later, probably. It does look nice and clean. And clean. We're coming to you on a Saturday and special fun day Saturday, <laughs> Jim Miller's birthday celebration later. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. Yeah. Um, By the time you guys listen to this, it already uh, have come and passed Jim's be birthday. Way old. And... Yeah. You're like a fine wine. Yeah. You get better yeah. with age. Really? No, I don't feel all. that I way at all. You don't look that way. <laughs> I look at all. the mirror and I'm like, "Holy shit, man! <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> My life? <laughs> Where did it go?" Hilarious. I think I've told you before. Like Kylie, like over 2020, she looked at me. and She goes, "Yeah, this year's really caught up with you." <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, babe. I love you too. <laughs> 2020 did a number on you. Hindsight on this 2020 is not 2020. <laughs> Anyway, so other than aging appropriately, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great. Um, put it this way, man. I was driving uh, here. and <laughs> let um, me Hold on. Let me cut you off. Or let me just say right now, people that are listening to the show, they don't understand that before we actually hit record, we get a lot of frustrations out in studio. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we, like, we do. Literally the first hour is like prep for the show and getting out all yeah. the anger. Yeah, because we're, we're trying not to bring <laughs> negativity up in here, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to be positive. Yeah. So, so I'm driving. Yeah. Just put it this way. Early in the week, a bird pooped on my car. Not just on my car, like on the driver's side window. Yeah. I've yet to clean it off. <laughs> but I was thinking about it on the way here. I was like, <laughs> is that a metaphor for? Yes. I was actually on? thinking about because I was like, Brian's going to ask me how I'm doing. How would I respond to that? I was like, well, there's bird shit on my window. <laughs> But it's funny because where it hit, yeah, it's like if someone looks over, it looks like it's on my face. So if I turn and look at them, I look like an orc from the Lord of the Rings. Right? <laughs> like it's like it, it's fine. You know, I think of the meme with the little dog or whatever sitting in the fire. It's, it's fine. Like, this it's is fine. fine. Yeah. This is fine. We're fine. Um, that's how I'm doing. And yeah, and then I'm getting older. So yeah. there's that. The reality of forty, man. I believe that is the textbook definition of a double whammy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it was, it was just one of those, as I'm driving, I realized, because I see it on the peripheral, the bird poop on the window yeah. still, and yeah, I'm like, this, this, is, this is my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So that's that. Yeah. So how, how are you? Well, I've had close to a year of being 40, so I got that out of the way. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it really is like a fine wine. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I know I'm good. Things are fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. We're fine. This is fine. <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> I'm good, man. I can't yeah. complain. Yeah. Uh, just other than being tired and exhausted all the time. Yeah. But it's all good. 
I'm good. fine. Uh, try and look at the uh, the small little doses of good, yeah. and focus on that, and yeah. uh, keep the monsters at bay, right. you know, as best as I can. But like the gifts we get from work and all that. So yeah. I don't want to talk about it, gentlemen. Let's move right on <laughs> to the next segment of the show. We're going to get the show going. Let's talk about what we're doing here today. We this should. is not your normal episode. We're doing a special dude table discussion today. Movie talk, Jim. I'm excited. I'm very excited. We've had so many movies in our own personal notes from the year that should not be named, and we're trying to clear out the system. We're purging the system today. We are. We're going to talk about a ton of movies that we have watched over the last year, year and a half, maybe even two years, some of these. I mean, we've talked about it before on other episodes, but like, you know, we had every plan and every intention of January 2020, uh, not long after, like launching everything, right? Yeah, we yeah, we mentioned that before. Like everything that you're hearing on this new season this year, first of all, thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate that. But this season was supposed to happen last year, and yeah. of course, COVID hit and that changed everything. Everything. So we have this backlog right now of content <laughs> that we're going to sift yeah. through today, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope so. I think I, I think it's going to be great. We're, like I said, we're, it's an all-out movie talk today. We're going to talk about movies. We're going to play some games. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some interaction, and we're going to go ahead and kick off our show right now with a little shout-out. We're going to give a shout-out today. Usually I throw it to Jim. I'm like, hey, Jim, who are we giving a shout-out to? But I'm going to take over the segment right now, Jim. Yeah. I'm excited about this shout-out because obviously we talked about it before we yeah. started recording. Yeah, and, absolutely uh, we did. And we've actually pretty cool. actually made mention of this before. If you guys go back in our more recent archive on this new run of season one here of our show, uh, you heard me talk about Dean Cameron, star of the movie Ski School and Summer School and Rockula and some other classics from the 80s and 90s. He offered Ski School trading cards like he and a buddy put together these ski school trading cards and made a limited run of them and i actually got my hands on a a little set of them and got some cool swag that came with it and i was super pumped and he autographed the box and everything and it looks really cool but i also mentioned the fact that Stuart fratkin who was also in the movie who was actually in ski school he was in teen wolf 2 he played styles and that and he was also in girls just want to have fun Stuart fratkin he also agreed to sign the cards as well. And nice. let me tell you right now, just working for a delivery company, that whole ordeal was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but the cards made it to California. Safe, made it safely. Made it safely. And they made the return back to Evansville, Indiana safely as well. So I have in my possession a set of ski school trading cards autographed by Dean Cameron and Stuart Fracken. So Stuart Fracken is getting our shout out today. So pumped. So excited. He was super nice. Yeah. Awesome guy, very, very personable, very cool, great sense of humor. I had typed a note because my handwriting is horrible, yeah, Jim. Yeah. So I typed a note out <laughs> and put it in the box saying basically, hey, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Sorry I typed a note out. My handwriting is atrocious. Don't think that this is a ransom note or anything. I just, you know, prepping you. I don't want you to be scared or anything. I just, you know, my handwriting's god awful. And so he sent a note back in it and it just says, number one ski school fan, get a life with a smiley face. <laughs> Stuart Fracken, and he put his character's name, which is Fitz Fitzgerald. He put Fitz right under it. So nice. I have that. And then he went in, and in the movie Ski School, all the guys are a member of Section 8. 
Yeah. And he went through and he signed eight cards in honor of Section, Section 8. eight. Okay. And uh, Jim and I were looking at these before we turned on the mics, and uh, we were looking at the cards, and I was showing him some of those and uh, geeking out like a little schoolgirl. <laughs> yes, you were. My Very smile was so. pretty big. I, I'm, yeah, pretty, was, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, like you were excited, and like I was excited, and then you were still excited. And like I'm like, I don't know why I'm, we're still excited, but I'm excited that you're excited. And so like it was one of those, you're happy for your friend right. to be happy. Yep. And that was that's kind of where I was at. Yeah. I was like, I haven't seen it. I don't have that interaction. But you will, but on the horizon. I even just you were talking to me through the process, like as you you had shipped yeah. it and the communication you were having with with uh, Stuart and yeah, it just sounds like man, him and Dean and those guys are really awesome. Yeah. It sounds like you know they've been really really nice and just to deal with and interact yeah. with and yeah, have been super cool. About yeah, and it, I haven't so. been bombarding them either. You know, it's like it's just simple interaction. It's like we're not best buds or anything like that. You know, it's one of those things. Don't overstep your boundaries sure, there. You know, sure. just treat it. You know, with the respect that it deserves. And, and they've been super nice. They've yeah. been so accommodating, and it's been awesome. Awesome. It's yeah. been really cool. So Stuart Fracking gets our shout out today on the show. Really appreciate that. You can check out his stuff. Just look for hashtag Stuart Fratkin and StuartFratkin.com. You can also find him on Instagram. He is at Stuchmack. S-T-O-O-C-H-M-A-C. Stuchmack. Just look for him on there and yeah. uh, interact with him. And whenever you interact with him, tell him that uh, you heard about him on Dude What? So hey, we'll we'll, uh, we'll put all that stuff in the, right. the notes as well. Yeah, so. all his information is going to be in the show notes. And we're actually going to be posting pictures in all access and probably on our Facebook page and maybe, probably on Instagram, Instagram as well. As well. Yeah. And we'll have all that on there and we're going to tag him with everything. So, you know, if you uh, have the uh, chance to have any interaction with uh, Stuart, like I said, hashtag Stuart Fracken and he's at Stoochmack and StuartFracken.com. Just say, hey, man, I heard about your stuff on uh, Dude What Movie Review Podcast, and you sound like a pretty cool guy. And, and just say hi to him and just let and him know what's up. Stuart, if you happen to be listening to this, hi. Hey. And, uh, thanks, thanks, man. man. Yeah. You're awesome. You are very awesome. Howdy, boys. What are you doing here? I'm an ambassador of goodwill. And who might you be? Well, the director of Ski School. Please report to Sector 7. This is not a party. Everyone still has their clothing on. If I'm not mistaken. Woo! And you rarely are. Those are some of Reed's women from the party. Swimming semi-naked. They leave us no alternative. Chocolate pudding. No, not so fast. We don't want to peak too early. You guys gotta quit your belly aching. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'm not exactly sure what I've learned, but how many of you have seen Paulette Buck naked? I have. It's great. I know you have. Go ahead. Do with me what you will. Beat me savagely yeah. and leave me in a gutter to die. Au revoir, mon chéri. Someday we will run naked under a full moon. All right, now that we got the shout out of the way, let's get into what we're doing here on the show. Like I said, this is a special dude table discussion. It's a movie talk edition, Jim. It is. And obviously, we're going to be talking about movies. So why don't we just go ahead and get into that? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? I just want to watch my movie. How pumped do you get when you listen to that, Jim? Like in your heart. A lot. Yeah. I, it's one of those, like, actually, every time I hear that, I'm like, I need to go watch that Gotta movie Gotta watch again. Gladiator again. <laughs> Gotta go watch, watch Gladiator. Gladiator. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jim. Special movie talk edition of the show today. Yeah. Have you seen any good movies in the last decade? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, with the nature of our jobs, we haven't had the opportunity to watch as many movies as, Lately. as a lot of you couch potatoes out there. Yeah, peel back the curtain on that just a pinch. <laughs> you know, the pandemic hit, and most really? people were at home watching movies. Now, granted, we were at home watching a ton of movies, too, but... We were also still working full-time jobs. Yeah, we were essential workers in a delivery company, yeah. and it basically was like doing Christmas 
all the year whole long. year the whole yeah. year long it was <laughs> yeah. literally like christmas all year long <laughs> yeah. but anyway we digress on that we're yes, not yes. going so down i that say all that to say yes i have seen some movies yeah. this past year and i don't even know where to start man there's, there's so, so many, many dude um, i'm but... the same way man i got so many <laughs> in my list here dude I'm, I'm ready to get into it obviously i have a, a young family uh last <laughs> last year uh last year we added a, a new addition yep you know isaac he was born literally a month before everything starts shutting down timing <laughs> right and so needs to say the, you know then i also have uh two girls the oldest being six and the other one four I had to think about that for a second. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, a lot of my life has been filled with kid and family friendly movies. Yeah, you're definitely at that age, especially that, when that, that realm, especially when they're locked down. Right. You know. So we got to see some really good ones. Uh, one that I had actually talked about on a previous episode, way way back in the archive, I think. A little movie called Onward. Onward, yeah. I think we had mentioned Onward way back in the archive as a coming attraction. Yes. And I think at that time I described it as like, yeah, there's like unicorns that act like a raccoon or something like that. <laughs> and you were like, what? <laughs> All I knew at the time was that it's animated. Yeah. And it had uh, voice work from Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. So I was yes. like, okay, well, that might be okay. Yeah. This is kind of the premise of the movie. Most people probably have seen it already. Uh, if not, it is, I highly, highly recommend it. It's a Pixar movie. And it's one of those that, they capture this fantasy world that uh, has become modern. That used to be a world full of magic and like dragons and all this stuff. And then they've all become kind of modern. So they live in like little suburbs and everything and, and magic is dead and gone. But you, so you have like these trolls and you have these, these elves and like you have all these people that interact with one another yeah. just on a day to day basis. But the medieval mystical stuff is gone. Right. And so basically you have uh, Chris Pratt. And uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland plays the main character. They lost their dad. Yeah, they're brothers, right? Yeah, they're yeah. brothers. And they lost their dad like a long, long time ago. And so it becomes this thing where on the character for Tom Holland, like his birthday, he gets a gift from his dad that his dad had left for him when he turned a certain age. Yeah. And it happens to be a magic staff. Right. And so they go on this journey, this quest together <laughs> to basically spend one day with their dad. The staff has this spell that if you do it, then like, you know, his dad will come back for one yeah. day and he gets to spend it. And so... Which I, I remember putting together the uh, trailer clip on that, that they kind of screw up the spell. Yeah. And only half yeah. of him is there. Yeah. So only, yeah, so only half of them, but then they find a way yeah. to get the other half. And so it's their journey... Dude, it's a lot of fun. It's so, so it's much fun, fun because it's a fun journey movie. <laughs> good for kids, good for adults. Kind of. It thing. is. It is. And it's one of those that Kylie had already seen it with the girls, yeah. and then I sat down to watch it with them. And I'm sitting over on the love seat. She's over on the couch, and and near the end, I'm like trying not to cry. <laughs> and I kind of look over at Kylie, and she's crying. She's like, "Right." And like, you know, <laughs> I have a gift from your dad. He just said to give you this when you were both over 16. <gasps> no way! It's a wizard staff. Dad was a wizard. What? Your dad was an accountant. This spell brings him back. For one whole day, Dad will be back. What? Back? Like back to life? That's not possible. It is with this. I'm going to meet Dad. <laughs> what kind of movies have you seen this last year? Well, I'm going to go polar opposite. Okay. okay. <laughs> you talked about a kid's movie right off the jump. I'm going to talk about a movie that we watched recently, actually. So Crystal and I were sitting on the couch one night. We're like, we, we want to watch something. It's like, it's a long day and we just, we need to watch something. And of course, I have this huge list of movies on Netflix I've talked about where I've just made a list of stuff. That way I don't have to search through anything. It's just right, like, find right. something. Well, 
there's this movie that on the list that we've been kind of glossing over from time to time, and it's like it's on there. It's like, should we watch it? I don't know. Let's watch something else. But then the other night, I was like, no, we're watching it tonight. And it's a movie called Shot Caller, and it's on Netflix. And basically, this it's a story about a guy. He's a wealthy guy, successful guy. He's out with his wife, and they're out with friends. They're having drinks and stuff, and just having a, a you know a normal night, you know, night out with adults. May have had a little bit too much to drink, and he runs a red light. And his business partner, his friend that was out with him, gets killed in the accident. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And so he goes to jail for basically vehicular manslaughter. And it was an accidental death, but he blew like a .1 something or whatever. Like his, his blood alcohol was crazy. He ran the light. He wasn't looking. Wow. You know, yeah. And so he ends up going to jail. Well, it's one of those things where he's basically told, hey, you're going to be in general population with some of the worst criminals that are there. They're going to want to test you because you're a new guy in there. He's like, you know, you got to stand up to these guys. And by doing that, you know, kind of out of a self-preservation type of thing, he inadvertently ends up falling into a quote-unquote gang in the prison, (laughs) and he becomes like one of their guys. And it it was all just a means to an end just to protect himself while he's in. Right. But then he ends up, doing some stuff while he's in jail that he obviously regrets or whatever, but they have consequences to his actions and he ends up getting more time while he's in jail. And it's one of those things where like his wife is fighting real hard to try and get him out and all this stuff. And then he gets to a point where he realizes like, kind of like I'm on a path. My life is over. And he just basically tells her, Hey, just forget about me. Gotcha. And so he cuts off contact. The story picks up where he's actually, he's getting released from jail. It starts off kind of at that point, and so he's already like his character's already like well fleshed out. Okay, and so then you you start getting backstories, and they actually did a really good job with it. Like it it was, it wasn't confusing. It was easy to follow. It was an intense story. Like it was a very dramatic, emotional story, and I felt like they did a pretty good job of depicting like his whole entire journey through the prison thing and like his evolution of how he went from just this normal everyday businessman. To basically a higher up rank within this gang. You see that whole evolution and he becomes a badass. <laughs> <laughs> he literally becomes, you know, like, you know, the movie's called Shot Caller and he basically becomes a shot caller and he becomes okay. a guy that is like in charge and has One control. You don't mess with kind of yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. So he inadvertently becomes like a. a- he he, <laughs> he inadvertently becomes a badass that you didn't think was going to happen just based off his demeanor and how he was at the beginning. But it was actually really fun to watch. It was really entertaining. It, very emotional. Very dramatic. And they did a good job with the drama. Like, it was believable. All okay. uh, Like, everything you see was believable. Friend of the show, John Bernthal, was actually in it. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of friends. We have a of ton show. of friends of the show that have no idea this show even exists. But, yeah, John Bernthal was in it. And it was, it, I, I kind of think the movie was a little older. I don't know. I, need, I didn't double check the year that it was released, but... He he looked kind of younger, you know, yeah, like a yeah. you know not as thick like he, we see him in uh, Punisher, but he was really good in it. Like yeah, okay. he, he played a really good character, and uh, see his evolution and and how he plays into the overall story. But I highly recommend it because you know there's some actors that are in it. You're gonna be like, oh, this guy's in it, what? You know, and so <laughs> it, it's gonna be one of those kind of things. Like, okay. And there's there's one character in particular whenever he's revealed later on in the movie and the guy who plays it, you'd be like, Oh, it's that guy, you know? So I don't want to spoil it. I'm not going to do anything like that, but I will say the story is kind of heartbreaking in some regard, but it's also really good as well. And I highly recommend checking it out. I think you'll be surprised of how the movie ends. It's pretty crazy. Okay. I killed Tom. It's an accident. 
go away for an accident. Look, man, I know you're scared. But you need to know this. You'll be with the big boys. So you got to stand up for yourself. Because once you're marked in there, Move! it will never end. What about you, man? What else you got over there? Any more kid-friendly films you want to talk about? <laughs> I you do have kid-friendly, and uh, but I'll, I'll space that out because okay. I don't want to just overwhelm everybody with, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be glitter. You're a family with, man, Jim. Yeah, a yeah. family man. <laughs> yeah, but there's actually a few that I've saw that we've talked about in the past. Right. I think, I mean, we're talking way back in the archive. Yeah, I want to say it's the first dude table discussion. We That's had. deep in the archive. <laughs> It was a movie that you had talked about yeah. called The Belko Experiment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On suggestion by Mr. Todd Trout, super yes. fan of the show, Todd yes, Trout. super fan. And, Still waiting on uh, that email. Yeah, do it, Todd. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so The Belko Experiment, I think I had downloaded like the Tubi app, and uh, that was on there, and so I got to watch that on my lunch break like one day. It? And <laughs> it was, holy crap, yeah. dude. I told you. Uh, it was intense. Surprisingly good, though. Yeah, it was really good, though. Yeah. It was really good. I highly recommend it. Like Jim said, back in the archive, we talk in-depth on that one, so go back and check that out. Like, I, I I do think it was back on our first due table discussion, yeah. which is all the way back, episode 10. Yeah. Way back in the way, archive. Way, way, back. Yeah. But, yeah, so I finally got to see that. That's awesome. Um, And then another one, uh, which recently we talked about, I finally got to see it, and uh, no Nobody. Yeah, nobody. Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, it actually, which which I want to go ahead and say right now, uh, you know, speedy recovery for him. Actually, suffered a heart attack. I did see on that. set of Better Call Saul, and yeah. but uh, from all accounts, his son posted on social media that he's actually doing really well. He's doing good, and actually, yeah. I think he actually ended up posting himself okay. that he was thanking everybody for the well wishes and everything. So, speedy recovery to Bob Odenkirk. He's a tremendous talent. But yeah. nobody, yeah. you got to nobody. see it. I did. Yeah, and actually, I remember I texted you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I wasn't very far into it with the bus, the bus scene, yeah. And after I go, so nobody dot 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 the bus scene, and then I sent like a gift of Kristen Bell from like her TV show, yeah, The Good Place, yeah. And it just said, "Holy fork and shirt." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like right, yeah. So nobody was another good one that I got to see. Yeah, you know, more recently, some others that I, you know, I saw. Uh, they're kind of older ones, but it was on actually on the the Tubi app or whatever. And uh, one of them is uh, called Texas Rangers. Uh huh. Texas Rangers. Uh, you know, I've been on a Western kick quite a bit, and you have been actually. Yeah, and, and part of that is I'm doing some research for maybe a potential creative outlet I'm looking to do down the road. But <laughs> um, uh, Texas Rangers, though, it was one of those like I was a little hesitant because it has like James Vanderbeek in it, Ashton Kutcher was in it, Dylan McDermott was in it. <laughs> Why would you be hesitant? Because it's got the Vanderbeek, baby. Why would you be hesitant of the Vanderbeek? It's got some names in it. It does have some names, but there are people that... <laughs> Careful at, what you say, Jim. There are people that you look at and you're like, I don't really see them in a Western. Right. And so I was kind of like, eh, I'll watch it. Yeah. And I, it was not a horrible movie. Right. Uh, it wasn't an amazing movie, but it, it was it was just a good Western. Right. You know, it's kind of this group of people that come together after the Civil War and it, more or less it's the forming of the Texas Rangers. Okay. Not bad? Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. There were elements to it that I think they're trying to be kind of lighthearted and fun. Yeah. That just did not play well with the whole Western. It, it, their humor didn't really flow. Sometimes adding humor to a situation that doesn't really quite fit, and it just kind of messes with the tone. 
Yes. I so hate there was that. a little bit of that. I hate that because it, it kind of tr- shows that they're toughing up, like him and and James Vanderbeek, that they become these these tough uh, Texas Rangers, and it's just not believable. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> so story wise, you're like okay, but character wise, you're like eh, not so yeah. Much. The story was good. Yeah. The 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 acting was decent. Like it wasn't bad. I mean, it was, like I said, it was a good right. western. But but yeah, there was just those elements that kind of pull you out a little bit. Like, yeah, okay. But if you like westerns, it'll be okay to watch. It'll be okay to watch. Eh, yeah, nothing wrong with uh, that. Texas Rangers wasn't a horrible movie. That's good. If you're not a western person, you're probably like, eh, okay, whatever. So. What's your business here, Fisher? Well, Marshall, I don't think you understand. You see, around here, I'm the law. How about you, man? What's the, what else is on your list over there? Dude, I got so much crap on here, man. I don't know how we're going to get through all this stuff today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, going back, looking at some of the stuff that we watched. I mean, there's some stuff in here that we've already covered before. We've talked about like a movie like Stuber. Finally got around to watching that. You, yeah. you broke that down. Uh, God, I don't even remember when it was yeah. back in the archive. <laughs> it's been a while back, but I thought it was good. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Right. Kamel Nanjiani is just hilarious. I, I love Dave Batista. I mean, we are super fans. <laughs> of Dave Batista here on the show. I can't praise him enough. And this is one of those earlier films that he was doing there where he's like hitting his stride and getting better right. and better. Yeah. And you see that with his progression as an actor. He is getting better and better. Yeah. And so uh, the more you see him on screen, that's good. The thing that I wanted to note about Stuber was the fact that Kamel is becoming one of those guys kind of like a Vince Vaughn or a Jason Bateman where yes. he's just really good at just dialogue. <laughs> he's so good at dialogue. Yes. And he- <laughs> I love his dialogue, the way he delivers lines and just like the like the emphasis he puts on certain parts of a yes. line. He's just really, really good. That I was thinking that the way he delivers, yeah. oftentimes almost low key, yeah, and like almost kind of quiet, yeah. But it's there. But it's so yeah. It's one of those it's you. So it's one of those you hit the rewind, but you're like, what did he just say? Yeah. So, but anyways, got around to finally watching that. That was pretty good. The kid. Yes. Was one that you had talked about. We had a very lengthy discussion about uh, you know, whether or not Chris Pratt was believable in the role or whatever. Yeah, talking about Westerns. Yeah, another Western. I tell you what, me personally, I, I enjoyed the film a lot. I yeah. thought it was really good. I enjoyed the fact that it had a historical element to it with the story of Billy the Kid, but then it also had the side story that went hand in hand with it and it actually worked. Yeah. I loved and hated the fact that the Billy the Kid aspect was hyped so much in the trailer, but it really wasn't right. the focal point of the movie at no. all. Not at all. Uh, and so watching the film, there wasn't that disillusionment. Once I got into it and realized what the story was, I was like, okay, this is good. Right. And so I personally believe Chris Pratt was believable. Yeah. I liked his character. Uh, I thought it was a very intense, very evil character. Yeah. But uh, I thought he played it well. So, um, you know, Jim was wrong in that aspect. I have to go back and watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> he did have a sweet beard, though. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but one in particular I was going to talk about that I watched recently. Man, I tell you what, uh, I don't. Uh, look. Look. <laughs> Uh-oh. So, Uh-oh. yeah, <laughs> this was, uh, yeah, we watched a movie called Ava. I don't know if you've seen this yet or not. Okay. Is this on Netflix? This is on Netflix. It's got like a redheaded chick or something yeah. on, it, on the yeah. cover. Yeah. Okay. This should be fun. <laughs> it's like a, I mean, it's, it's one of those movies that's kind of tapping into a John Wick kind of Jason Bourne kind of peppermint kind of vibe it's about a woman who she has a troubled past she used to be i think like a heroin addict 
like a big time addict. Okay. And she gets brought into this organization where they just basically train people to be assassins. And she is just this paid assassin. That's and that's what her job is. She disappears for like seven, seven and a half years or something like that. Okay. And has no contact with her family, friends, anything like that. And she just becomes an assassin. And so that's kind of where she's at. And then she starts having these issues where she's paid to take out targets, but she starts talking to the targets because she wants to know what they did to make it to where someone wanted them dead. Okay. And so it's like this weird thing where like she's talking to them and she's not supposed to be talking to them. So like the agency is like looking like into it and they're like basically watching her. So instead of going and just like killing them, she begins kind of investigating. Yeah. Like she starts talking to them and you would think that like maybe that would lead somewhere, but basically it was just her dealing with her own psyche, her own emotional like instabilities. It was like, it was almost as she, if she was looking for a way to justify what she was doing okay. instead of just doing it, the company that she works for is, I mean, it's got Malkovich in it. It's got Colin Farrell in it. I mean, it's got some, some names in it. Well, okay. So sounds like he's got a decent cast. Yeah. The story actually does not sound bad. Doesn't sound bad at all. So what's your hesitation? The hesitation is the script sucked. Okay. <laughs> the character interaction was weak, uh-huh. and the overall execution of what they wanted the story to be was not good. Plus, it didn't help the fact that Jessica Chastain, who plays Ava, you know how we talked about on Nobody, Bob Odenkirk poured himself into the role yeah. and really yeah. did the work. I don't feel like Jessica Chastain did that for this role because the fight sequencing, she's supposed to be like an elite assassin and it doesn't come across that way. Okay. And so it's one of those things like if you're going to project that you're an elite assassin, then you have to be an elite assassin. So do you think a lot of that is her? Or do you think it maybe is who they brought on for the fight scenes? It depends on how hands-on she was. And I don't know that. Yeah. But if, yeah. if you're the director and you're the producer, it's incumbent upon you to make sure that your talent is ready for that. Right. And I don't think they did a good job of that. And so the overall execution really tanks for the story because it's not believable. Yeah. And then you add in like the weak script and the weak story development throughout the, the course of the movie. And it just, it all adds together for just a subpar movie, which really sucked because it also has common in it. Really? He was like the ex lover of hers. Like they were together and he proposed to her and then she just disappeared. That's really sad, man. It is it's sad when you have good story idea. Yeah. You have really good actors. Yeah. You have solid actors. Yeah. And yeah, your your lead if they're not really invested as much into it as what they probably should be. Yeah. The overall execution of the story was just weak. Gotcha. It was very lackluster. Yeah. And I, I was really disappointed in it. So I wouldn't check it out. Okay. I, I definitely wouldn't check it out. It'd be one of those that you watch and you're at the end. You're like, well, I'm not getting that hour and 40 minutes back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she's always been Duke's favorite, but she's a loose cannon. Not any danger to the organization. I want her killed. You need to rescind the kill order. You know, I can't do that. This is business. All right, man, what else you got over there? I know yeah. I know you got a crap ton more like just like I do. I do. What no, else you I got? Do. 2020 was a year that I started using the Tubi app a lot just because it had a lot of free movies and um, would watch that on breaks and stuff. One that I I ended up watching, it, and I feel like it's one I saw like years ago when it came out. Yeah? I couldn't remember it. So uh, I sat down to watch it. It was called Copland. Copland. That is a uh, Sylvester Stallone film. It is a Stallone film. Sylvester Stallone, Harvey Keitel. 
Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, everyone Peter in Hollywood. Uh, yeah, like, um, a ton. It has a loaded cast. A ton of people. And so basically the premise is, is that Stallone plays this sheriff of this little town that all of these cops from the city yeah. kind of moved to the suburb. Yeah. It's like area. Jersey, right? It's like yeah. just on the other side of the yeah. river so from New just, York. Yeah, it's like this little suburb outside of the city yeah. that they kind of began to build themselves. And Stallone is the sheriff of that little town. So basically, he's the law enforcement for a town of law enforcement. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes so, sense, yeah. And all of these cops are corrupt as all get out. <laughs> and, and basically, it kind of is the story of like Stallone. He plays this kind of broken down, uh, always wanted to be like a big shot police officer, never could, like uh, had some injuries and stuff happen. And, and so he's just kind of like, hey, this is just my life now. And He's a uh, sheriff that's kind of on cruise control. Yeah, very much so. And then he kind of gets brought into this internal affairs thing, all this stuff, because they start investigating uh, Harvey Keitel and all these guys and, and realize there's like corruption deep. Right. And he has to kind of make a decision on is he going to do the right thing or not? And kinda, so, it kind of sounds like some of the elements that you see in American Gangster with yes, all the, the cops, yes. the, the, that whole thing during the 70s. Yes, yeah. it definitely has kind of that vibe. And so, I mean, when you when you talk about guys like the Cartel and Leota and uh, De Niro, yeah. those three alone, I mean, you know it's definitely going to have that mobster, gritty right. kind of vibe to it anyway. Right. So it was good. It was it, When I was watching, I was like, I don't know if I've actually saw seen this or not. Yeah. Like, I feel like I had, but... Right. It was actually a good movie. I haven't seen it, and I remember when it came out, I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah. Because, I mean, look at the cast alone. It's like, right. Jesus, come yeah. on. Yeah. How, like, how'd you afford to get all these guys in right. here? You yeah. Know? yeah. But yeah, it's really good. I'll have um, to check that one out. I, I, I've been wanting to see that for a while, and I, I was going through and I was putting together audio clips and stuff for the show today. And uh, I remember I, when I was putting that together, I was like, damn, this looks good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is, like, Stallone plays a different type of character right so like for some people it might if you're used to just seeing stallone full-on action guy it may take you a second because you almost feel like he's going to be like this this badass right he doesn't play that i tell you what man after seeing all the dramatic elements in first blood i know i harp on it a lot but after seeing aside from the action all the dramatic elements that went into first blood he's actually a pretty solid really good actor yeah Yeah. he i don't think he gets his due he's he's actually a really solid actor so i'll be interested to check that out for sure no definitely I don't know how you do it, Sheriff. Keeping all these Hessians in line, all blue, everybody packing, all together, one door down from the next, the wives borrowing the sugar. It's like you're the sheriff of Copland. You know, it's funny that you talk about this movie, the Stallone film, uh, Copland. We actually watched Rambo Last Blood Ooh, a long yes. time ago. Yeah. Yes. Which is funny because we cover First Blood on our show and I'd, I'd never and seen it. had that, no but, idea. But what it was just it. one of those things where we were like, we, we wanted to watch action. We was like, let's watch some action. And I was like, Rambo Last Blood looks pretty good, <laughs> yes. pretty intense. I'm glad. Dude, I've watched it too, so I'm glad. Oh, you did watch it? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't oh, yeah. know you'd seen it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, so. You know, obviously we covered on First Blood. I I never seen the the original one. I knew aspects of the story. Sure, I knew a lot of the you know different things about the Rambo character. Yes. Okay. So I know that he's a tortured character, figuratively and physically. He's endured so much emotional BS. Yes. And so watching Rambo: Last Blood, the one takeaway that I had from the movie, and I'll talk a little bit more about the actual you know movie itself, but. I walked away from that movie thinking, okay, they're basically saying 
that this character, John Rambo, he doesn't get to be happy ever. Like, not even a little. Just none. He doesn't get to be happy. He doesn't get to have that. I feel like a character like him, if you're going to round out that character's story, which you would think, you know, Rambo, Last Blood, obviously they're not going to do anymore. I mean, you would think, right? Right, right. So to me, it's just like, it's such an iconic character for so long, so much staying power over many decades. He kind of deserves the grass that is greener on the other side treatment. He should be on the other side of all that. He should have that. Right. And you get that on the beginning of that movie. You you get that vibe at the beginning, but then it's all taken away. <laughs> right. And he, he's just right. basically put back into where he was. And so you're basically saying, well, so all he is is just a killer? Is that what we've reduced him to as far as from a cinematic standpoint with this sure. character? Like that, sure. that's all he's good for. He's just a killer. He's just a skilled killer, and he doesn't deserve to have the life that anyone else who's gone through the shit that he's gone through deserves. And so in that regard, I was very disappointed. I feel okay. like if you're going to say Rambo Last Blood and you'll make this the final installment, give that character some redemption because he's more than earned it. Yeah. The story, which you've seen it, but you know some of you guys out there listening may not have seen it. It's basically he's back home. Rambo's finally made it back home. He's reestablished his life back stateside at home. And he has this farm. And he's got you know what little family he's got, and you know he's happy with it. He's living content, a quiet life, living yeah. a very quiet life. But then you also find out that this farm that he has, it's uh, like a military bunker. He has literally excavated underground, made all these series of tunnels, and he has this whole setup down there, which is what, probably again some of the response of a PTSD thing, right? right? So like, yeah. maybe, but it gives him something to do. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And it's a, a way for him to keep his mind occupied. Yeah, you know, and I think it was his niece. It's his niece in the film, I believe, right? Somebody, yeah. yeah. I think it was somebody that was close. Yeah, yeah. he has a, a, this female that's, I believe it's his niece, and she's close, and they have this really tight relationship. And, yeah. you know, she gets involved with something down, I believe, in Mexico. Yeah, because they're, they're on the border. Yeah, they're they're right. it's the border. like a, he's like a border town. And so, you know, she goes down there, and something bad happens, and he goes to find her. Yeah. And then whenever he finds her, he realizes something really bad has happened, and then he ends up getting involved with this Mexican gang, this Mexican right. drug lord. And that's where the story kicks off from an action standpoint. And it's just like, you know, spoiler alert, maybe I should go ahead and... Uh... Spoiler alert. <laughs> Which this is a movie talk. I mean, if you didn't know spoilers were coming already. <laughs> but his niece gets killed. Yeah. You know, like she endures some pain and like a lot of pain and she ends up dying. And that drives him for this revenge tale, basically, against this cartel. And right. I get it. But at the same time, I'm also like, you didn't have to kill her. You really didn't have to kill her. You know, you could have still done the movie that you did without her dying and let that be the ending. Let that be the happy right, ending. I see let let, let, so let that let that round out the story. He got his revenge for what they did to his family, and now he can be at peace. Yeah, yeah. you didn't have to kill her in that moment. I don't know though. I think that because he was at a place where he just wanted to live a quiet life. Even when he went back to talk to them at first, he was just trying to find her. Yeah. And even then, like he could have done some damage but he he didn't so it's almost like he had he's broken down he's just wants to live his life yeah you know i think that almost for the storytelling aspect you almost have to kill her to push him to that level because if she was beaten or whatever i think he would have just taken it it, it would have been done right unless they came after her that's the only way that, the, that i think then it would have been feasible in that well but. i and i think they could have done that with the writing you yeah. know like if, if you i think you make the decision that you're not going to kill her in the story 
you know, and then go from there, get creative, you know, adapt to that part of the story, the writing on that. You know, I just, I feel like they could have done something different with the story. You know, this is the same problem that I had watching 24. I love 24. I okay. love yeah. 24. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. I love 24. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland as Jack Bauer, to me, one of the best TV characters ever. Yeah. But the problem that they had with that show is like, does he ever get to be happy? Does he ever get gotcha. to have anything? Yeah. Does he ever get to have that moment with peace? Yeah. Does he ever get to have like a elongated clarity of life? No, he doesn't. That's the sad part of 24. It's the Jack Bauer character is one of the most tortured characters you ever see. And he, he never gets any of that piece. Yeah. And anytime he does get a small piece of it, it's taken away from him quickly. And that's exactly what you see in this. And I get every movie can't be, clean cut happy ending but sure, sure. jesus christ how much do you want to torture this character yeah to where it just becomes like a farce of itself i just feel like they should have done something different yeah. if you're going to round out the story and that character yeah i think that's a fair assessment i think most people because again it's more of an action character yeah. it's the fact that like he gets pushed I mean, every one of the movies is like he gets pushed to the point of like, okay, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna mess you up. Right. I enjoyed it, but again, I, I like action a whole <laughs> lot. Uh, it's ironic though, like when that movie came out, a lot of people were upset, and it wasn't about the story; it was about the action. It was about they thought it was too violent. Like literally, people were up in arms because they thought Rambo: Last Blood was too violent. And I remember seeing that. I was like, you know, Rambo. Like, have you ever watched? Rambo? Did they not watch the Rambo before that? <laughs> right. What do you mean it's too violent? It's Rambo. It's violent because it's revenge. Yes. And yeah. it was a whole point. It was meant yeah. to be violent. You know, I, I didn't think it was yeah. over the top. I didn't think it was gratuitous. I thought it was just, it played into the story. Right. Most people that know what Rambo is knew what to expect. So yeah. anyway, but yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I've lived in a world of death. I've watched people I've loved die. Some fast with a bullet. Some not enough left to bury. All these years I've kept my secrets. But the time has come to face my past. So another one, actually I saw kind of recently, but it came out. In the year that shall not be named. Uh, it kind of appropriately so. Greenland with Gerard Butler. America! Let me ask you this. Greenland is a disaster film. Right. The film is not a disaster. <laughs> That's what I was getting ready to say. It's, is it's, it a, a, it's a movie about, about a, disaster. a disaster. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. You know, kind of in the vein of like whatever you want to call them. 2012, like, you know, all of the, yeah. the end of the world type things. Right. When you think of end of the world type movies, disaster movies, okay. what do you kind of expect to see in those in end of the world type yeah. films, I mean, usually it's a plague of some kind. Yeah. Usually it's a, a giant meteor or asteroid destroying the Earth, or an alien invasion. And usually it's mainly action, right? A lot of action. Yeah. Yeah. This was not okay. So they took a different approach. Usually, you know, a lot of disaster movies, they focus on all the disaster that's coming and yeah. kind of the, you know, they'll have some drama and more of a thriller and and all of that. Right. This was almost a completely dramatic film. Really? And it worked. I will tell you, you don't get that from the trailer. No. Honestly, because it was a disaster film, I was like, okay, this is going to be, oh, end of the world, eh, you yeah. know. And it it was really good. Yeah? I was really good. I was pleasantly surprised because it had the asteroid thing. I mean, it, it was very much like, hey, 
the end of the world is coming, but right. it, it was more believable the way they did it. And then it, it basically focuses in on this family. The husband and wife have kind of, you, you can tell they've had some conflict. They're kind of separated, but then they're not. But then it'd be because of the asteroid coming, they, they just get randomly picked to kind of be shuttered into this bunker. Okay. And so, like, there's this whole method of, like, they're only randomly picking people to go to these military bases. You come to find out that, like, he's an engineer. He's a building engineer. And so what the government had done is that they had chosen certain people that could help them rebuild. Okay. And they don't know what's going on. Yeah. They don't know why. So automatically it builds this drama. And you're like, what the heck? Yeah. And then it kind of unfolds as, like, why they were chosen. They were choosing certain people that were strong. So they had to have all these things. They had to, you know, they had to contribute to society, like engineers, doctors, things like that. But then they also had to be medically capable of surviving. (laughs) The drama that takes place, their their story unfolding to the very end. Yeah. And you're just like, holy shit, man. (laughs) What is going to happen? Like, are they going to even survive? Are they not? Like... It was one of, I was pleasantly surprised. And, and so I, I don't know, maybe I liked it so much because of that, because I had this expectation of like, oh, everything's going to get blown up. This going to be like action. And, right. And it was not at all that way. From the trailer, it just looks like it's one of those typical end of the world action movies. Yes. Was the action good? The action was good. Like when and they it, did it was, action. Yeah, it was believable. That's the thing. So a lot of action, you know, they have the CG and stuff. And you're just like, eh. So the action was a nice backdrop to the actual story. It was. That's a perfect example. It was a backdrop. Instead of making the action the forefront and then story be damned, they flipped it. Let's concentrate on the story and the characters, and then this this is what's happening in the background. Yes. It's kind of like what we've talked about with action movies. It's like you can throw a, like a blow-up fest out there, but yes. what's your story, you know? Yes. I mean, anybody can do that it, stuff. It was, it, was a, it was the backdrop, and you're focused in on this one family and their dynamic. Nice. It was good. Greenland, just watch it. <laughs> Predicting extinction-level events. We're going to be together. All right, get them. We're just trying to get to safety. They've been tracking the military flights to bunkers in Greenland. It's the only chance. Seek shelter immediately. Seek shelter immediately. You know, it's funny you talk about Greenland and this idea of drama surrounding the end times or the end of the earth or whatever. It reminded me of a movie that I watched back during the pandemic, during the year that should not be named. (laughs) Uh, A little movie called Ad Astra. Brad Pitt. Astra. Okay. And this is more sci-fi? This is more of a sci-fi style film, but again, like on the surface, it's got this sci-fi element to it, but it's really all about the drama. Okay. And when it comes down to it, it's a really stylized look into the relationship between a father and son and how that can be broken and maybe can't be repaired. Brad Pitt, he's an astronaut. It's like into the future, but it wasn't hitting you over the head that it was in the future. Like it was real subtle. It's like, you know, you're in a future point of our life, but it's not so fictionalized and so stylized. It it, it looks like a natural progression of things that you would see. And so there's uh, colonies on the moon. They have like space stations set up or whatever and all this stuff. But then whenever people go to the moon to do work out there, like there's a pretty interesting scene where... Brad Pitt goes to the moon to get to this this launch station that's there. And there's these bandits that are coming after him. So it's like this really intense kind of scene where he's trying to get away from them. You're like, this is like a nice little bonus to this story. Like, <laughs> right. that's not even like the it's not even the, it's not even like the story. Yeah, it's yeah. like this nice little thing to add to kind of give you an idea what life is like during these settings on the moon. Okay. And basically what it is, is he's kind of recruited from his higher ups that they're getting these weird charges and signals from 
deep into space, like way deep into space. And come to find out, they think what it is, is Brad Pitt's father, who was also an astronaut, a legendary astronaut, he went missing in space like years ago. Oh. Like years ago. Okay. But they're starting to get all these weird like charges and like all these pulses and stuff, and it's messing with stuff on the Earth. And they realize it's actually Brad Pitt's father. What? He's still alive. Okay. Wow. He's deep, deep, deep in space, right? Okay. The work that he's doing out there, it's going to cause irreparable damage to the Earth. Okay. And so they're trying to organize a team to send out there to try and find where the signal's originating from and, and, and basically you know, figure out what's going on yeah. and, and hopefully put an end to it. Yeah. They want Brad Pitt to do it, but then there's like these questions about uh, like an, uh, uh, his emotional status, whether or not sure. he can actually handle sure. it. And so they basically tell him, no, you can't do it. Well, he goes in to get onto the ship to do it, oh. and shit goes south quick okay okay <laughs> with the crew that's on there and he ends up being the only guy going oh okay. yeah all right so it's about this introspective journey that he takes where he's, he's basically got... reckoning with his relationship with his father right as he's making this trip to go find his father wow it gets deep man like it gets <laughs> it gets deep but not in a bad way yeah like yeah. in a very dramatic very good way and it's just it's one of those things like i, I remember watching this around the same time that i watched once upon a time in Hollywood. I remember when we talked about that on here that you know it makes me appreciate Brad Pitt as an actor so much more. Ad Astra, it just put that notch on the resume as well. I mean, he is so incredibly gifted as a dramatic actor. Yeah, it's incredible. I tell you what, man, like the way it plays out in the story, it's intense, man. It's really in, it's an it, intense it sounds, ride. I'm trying to remember. I feel like I, I remember seeing a trailer. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's another sci-fi movie. Yeah, but um, it's not, man. It's so much. That, it's so tell, much like, more than that. It. I'm gonna go see it. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> so much it. more than that. Yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones plays his dad. What? Yes. What? <laughs> yes. Holy crap! And he's okay. amazing. Okay. He's oh, he's freaking amazing. Dude, I like Tommy Lee Jones. Everybody loves Tommy. He's, if you don't like Tommy Lee Jones, <laughs> just get off my lawn. <laughs> What's more American than Tommy Lee Jones in space? America! I mean, come on now. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, definitely check it out, man. Make time to watch that one. It's really, really good. And I think you'll be surprised by the ending. I do what I do because of my dad. He was a hero. He gave his life for the pursuit of knowledge. Your father was experimenting with a highly classified material that could threaten our entire solar system. All life would be destroyed. We're counting on you to find out what's happening out there. So here's a little movie that, um, as we were prepping, because we were talking about this episode, we were like, okay, we've got all these movies, we need to talk about them. And it's one that I had seen, but I forgot to put on my list. Gotcha. Because when I saw it, it was like early on, and it was kind of like one of those like, are we going to survive 20 minutes? (laughs) Anyway, so it's one of those I had forgotten about, and then I was actually talking to a guy we just gave a shout-out to, Mr. Jordan Jones. Right. Yeah, he, he was like, have you seen this movie? And I go... Hell yeah, I have. <laughs> like, dude, thank you so much for telling me because, like, I forgot that. I totally put forgot that on about my list. That. So I was like, yes. It's called Train to Busan. Okay. Because I, I remember when it first came out, like, people were raving on and on about how great it was. Yeah. It's kind of a foreign flick. Uh, it is a foreign <laughs> flick. Uh, you're either a foreign flick or you're not. Yeah. Yeah. So, and. So subtitled. Yes. And it's a zombie flick. Okay. It is. Seems um, to be chic these days. <clears throat> right. 
But uh, the whole premise is is that it, it takes place in South Korea. These passengers are on a train going from uh, Seoul to Busan. Okay. What uh, Jordan was talking about, he was in the military, and I guess he was stationed in South Korea. So he was like, it was really crazy for him to watch the movie and actually know the locations they were filming. Gotcha. So for him, he has that connection with that. But just from a, a movie standpoint and from a zombie standpoint, dude, it was really good. There's definitely the you know some dramatic elements. It, it hits all your tropes that you would hit in a zombie flick, um, especially when it comes to people and an outbreak happening. Yeah. But the whole premise is that the city's being overrun, and they're putting survivors on a train and getting them out of there. And okay. And so there's the dramatic element of different characters. And, and archetypes or whatever that are in this train, and things begin to go south pretty quick. Gotcha. And it's basically following this father and his daughter uh, along this journey. Okay. And so, yeah, the ending was a little surprising. Okay. Um, but it was one of those, like, okay. Like, you, you, still, <laughs> you still had hope, but it wasn't. It okay. Was, you know, either zombie flicks usually, usually end with some sort of hope or not at all. And this is one of those that you're like, is it going to? <laughs> you were talking about this idea of zombie films and how you know either there's hope or there's not hope. It just reminded me of playing The Last of Us on PlayStation. It just so much between the last of us part one and part two just this idea of is there hope is there not hope? What's, what's going on here but so if you guys haven't played those definitely check that out for sure so i, I want to talk about a movie that in a indirect way kind of ties into what you just talked about this is definitely not a zombie movie for sure okay. but there are elements about it that you've seen in zombie movies like it's it's a trope from a zombie style movie that there's like chemical warfare aspects that could, you know, lead to zombie-like states on, on certain things. Okay. Uh, it's a little movie called Unlocked, 2017 film. It's got uh, Numi Rapace, Michael Douglas, Orlando Bloom, <laughs> okay. Tony Collette, John frickin' Malkovich. I mean, what? It's, it's got a pretty good cast. All right? <laughs> it sounds like yeah, it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a pretty solid cast. It's an espionage-style film. Basically, Numi plays this character. She she's kind of brought in to do interrogation. Like she works for the government. She works for you know like forces unit and stuff like that. And and she's kind of like good at interrogating. And they bring her in to kind of break down this guy and get information from him about this possible terrorist attack that's going to happen. Well, the only problem is while she's doing the interrogation, she gets a phone call and she steps out and it's her unit basically saying, hey. Where, where are you? We need to set up this thing where you, you can talk to this guy. And she's like, what are you talking about? I've been talking to him for like the last hour. And they're like, we're not even there. We're not even set up yet. And so the group that what? had set it up was the group that was trying to get information from them to intercept it. Oh, okay. And they just, they played the whole situation. And so she gets kind of brought into this whole thing. Yeah. And then uh, Orlando Bloom plays a character that's kind of like, can I trust him? Can I not trust him? Is okay. he working for, you know, what's, what's going on? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. He knows a lot of information, but like, I don't know if I can trust this guy. Right. So yeah. it's got good action. Like I said, espionage style, a lot of cat and mouse kind of thing going on here. You don't know who you can trust. The content of it is what is timely about it because of everything that's happened in the year that should not be named. Because basically you find out that there's this biological weapon that, is going to be exposed into high population areas 
and it spreads rapidly. Okay. So when you watch it, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. And you find out like a lot of government involvement and like a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And it also ties into like this thing, but in the middle East between two different factions that have been fighting. Yeah. And it's a lot of timely stuff, man. Yeah. Like when you're watching it, you're like, holy hell. Yeah. You know? And so it's, it, it's just crazy watching it because yeah. It's entertaining for starters. The action is believable. The characters are believable. Malkovich is the freaking man. <laughs> you know, he he really is. I, who doesn't freaking love John Malkovich? Yeah. You know, we talked about Ava earlier. Malkovich was like one of the bright spots in that film, you know, yeah. him and yeah. Colin Farrell. But in this movie Unlocked, man, I tell you what, just the idea of like a biological weapon that could spread so rapidly, it was just like it hit a little bit differently after what we've gone through in the last year sure, and a half. Sure. So yeah. when you watch the film, like if you like a Jason Bourne style type of movie yeah, with a little bit of like, uh, you know, the, the chemical stuff and, you know, a little bit of intrigue with the government, it's a well-rounded movie. Like it's actually a really, really good movie. So I would definitely check it out. The prisoner we snatched last night is a courier for Imam Yassid Khalil. The prisoner gave a go order for an attack on an American target in the UK. It's thought to be biological. We're all in God's hands. I like to think we have a say. I want to talk about a movie, but it's actually a series of movies. Okay. Um, Switch gears a little bit? Switch gears, maybe, a little bit. So this is thanks to my girls. Of course. Yeah. Probably early in the year that should not be named, they started talking a lot about the movie The Descendants. Yeah, which is a Disney movie. Yeah. And apparently they have multiple of them. (laughs) The best way to describe The Descendants, it is high school musical with the villains of Disney characters, like with their kids, basically. And yes, so little fun fact, my daughters actually like High School Musical. They okay. got introduced to High School Musical from our friends down in Georgia. Right. Um, their kids once upon a time. And so it only made sense that they would like The Descendants. Right. And when they told me about it, I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not watching it. And then Kylie's like, well, actually, it's not too bad. I think you'd like it. And I'm like, uh... and that's how it starts, right? So I sat down and watched the first one. And I was like, hey, this ain't too bad. Oh, <laughs> here we go. So here, here's the deal. The whole premise is it's the kids of all of the, the big names, right? So you have Beauty and the Beast, you Snow White, you have all of them, and they have their kids. And then you have the villains. So you have like Jafar and like all of the Disney characters, yeah. their kids. And the, basically, you have the villains that have been shunned to this island, and then you have the non-villains, the yeah. heroes, if you will, of right. the Disney stories, they all are going to this prep academy. And <laughs> you keep shaking your head. And so basically what happens is Beauty and the Beast's son, he's the next in line to be the king of this place. Okay. He makes this policy to start bringing some of the villain kids over so that they can get a proper education and stuff as well. It basically turns into this big Romeo and Juliet-esque type deal. And it's actually quite interesting. The you know the villain kids they're there to destroy things, and then they actually make friends. And you know it, it's this build for the three stories, basically three movies, up to the end where everybody lives happily ever after, of course. So, uh, <laughs> but here's the thing: the premise and everything is like, uh, what? But I have to hand it to them; they did a really good job. And I'm not a huge musical guy, but I don't mind musicals. <laughs> 
and there's some catchy songs in 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 the Descendants. Oh, so, um, you, I know that you've just been looking at me with complete disdain. Yep. Um, this entire time. Yep. But anyway, let me just go ahead and say it one more time. I'm glad I don't have kids that age. <laughs> and don't even say, "Well, you got a grandson." No, he will be brought up on a strict diet of the Bourne movies. And Rambo. Rambo. <laughs> you four have been chosen to go to a different school. Ardon Prep. It's all about world domination. What do you think your parents are going to do if we don't pull this off? They will be proud of us for doing our best. Really? No. I think we are definitely goners. Disney's Descendants. You know, Jim, I'm going to just go ahead and throw a lot of really cold water on top of that and go the complete polar opposite. Okay. The okay. very other end of the spectrum in a very dark turn. Because <laughs> I'm going to talk about a series that was on Netflix called The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, so. Whew. I almost feel dirty uh, doing this complete 180, but uh, I wanted to talk about it because it was very compelling and very hard to watch at times. Okay. It's basically the story about this kid named Gabriel Fernandez. I believe he was like eight or nine years old. And literally his whole entire life, he was tortured by his mom and her boyfriend. Wow, we went dark quick. Very dark. (laughs) Very dark. It chronicles the discovery of the abuse the hospitalization, the arrest of the the mom and the boyfriend, the details that came out, the trial, everything that was uncovered, the breakdown of the social workers that didn't do their job. So this is a this is true real, series, like a this real is series. real life. And this was a like a mini series. It was on Netflix. I think it was like eight or nine episodes or something like that. It might have been shorter than okay, that. So I can't the, okay, it's been a while since I've seen this it. This is not a movie. This is definitely not a movie. This okay. is definitely real life. Wow. Yeah, and. It's it's disturbing, but it's also a cautionary tale for people who are in really, really kind of low economic situations that have kids and you go through this thing where you're you separate and your kids are being looked out for by other people. And it's it, like I said, a cautionary tale for you to be very very invested in your kid. Very vigilant. Very vigilant about the situations that they're in and very, you know, hyper vigilant about yes. the actions that you take with regard to keeping track of your kids and everything and staying on top of that. I mean, just the, the Gabriel, he from all accounts, all of his friends and his teachers and everything, he was actually despite the hell that he was going through, was actually a very upbeat, positive kid despite the fact that his home life, he literally was being tortured. And it's just, it's horrible. It's a horrible thing to see. It's very, very disturbing. It's going to make you very upset. But the crazy thing about it is, you know, the family was doing this stuff to him. It was the mom and the the boyfriend that were doing this stuff. And no one knew about it. But then you find out that the system that was in place to check on these kids, there was a huge breakdown. And it was basically people not doing their job or not wanting to do their job, not wanting to get involved. And that's what you're specifically paid to do that's what you're there for you're there to check on these kids and make sure that their living situation is good and so you're you're having caseworkers treating it like a job or it's just like a normal everyday job yeah we're like yeah i don't want to do that yep wow it was just crazy to see the breakdown and all the stuff that went on behind the scenes and how everything was uncovered and then when you see these social workers and stuff being basically being called out, how defensive, like immediately defensive they got and tried to, you know, not necessarily cover up, but just tried to explain away or tried to 
put on these false pretenses about what the situation actually was and everything. But when the evidence was right there and it was just, it was a very harrowing thing to watch. As you're telling that story, yeah. I'm just thinking back because I have, we've had friends of the show that used to work for child services. Right. I know people that have dealt with child services. It's like any job, you have good ones and you have yeah. bad ones. And it's just, when I think about certain jobs, yeah. how do I say this in a polite way? Don't even get into it unless you're going to do the work. Right. It's a difficult job. Social work and the people, especially with the child protective services, they are literally the unsung heroes of yes. at-risk youth and children yes. who need help and need homes to live better lives and become fruitful people in this world. Yes. They are literally the ones on the front lines making sure that these kids are safe. The ones that actually give a damn about their job. Yes. Yeah. And you see that breakdown in the, this series when they talk about it, because it's one of those things where the people who were paid and expected to go and look into these situations and report it and take care of it and get the kid out of that situation. Yeah. They just didn't do their job. And the reason why they didn't do their job is because I don't know, maybe they were scared. Maybe they didn't have the time for it. They didn't put enough effort into it. Either way, it doesn't matter because their negligence led to this kid's death. Yeah. You see all that break down and unfold, and it it is crazy. It, it's one of those things, if you're a family person and you have kids, sure. it makes you hold them a little closer, and it makes you appreciate the, the goodness that they have and because there are kids out there that are suffering. And like I said, without social workers that are actually doing that work yeah. – that really care about it and really care about these kids without them. There would be a lot more tragic stories like this. Right. A lot of praise to, to the men and women. And, that and do I that will work. say that there are a lot of social, I mean, there's a lot on their plates and I do get that, but yeah, yeah I, I will never watch that. This was the case that just has followed me from that night. It's still hard to believe two people did all those horrible things to him. Gabriel Fernandez was at the time of his death, eight years old. That was my friend, and it really caught me because it was his parent who took his life. So, I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of glad that you destroyed the mood that I set up. <laughs> so you can bring us back up? <laughs> no, so then I can talk about this one, uh, this series. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> this is a little series on Amazon called The Boys. <laughs> I've heard a lot of acclaim about this. <laughs> Yeah. Well, especially from uh, super producer Roger Turner, I'm right. sure. Right. Yeah. Um, He's all about it. Uh, so the, the whole setting of the, the show is they live in a world where superheroes are very much part of the world. Yeah. And the superheroes are part of a corporation. So they all belong to like this corporation that kind of oversees the superheroes. Yeah. And they take care of the people and work hand in hand with police and all that stuff. Gotcha. And very first episode, Huey's with his girlfriend and... Then he's not. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> I'm working on the show. I watched the trailer and yeah, how she's not there. Yeah. So pretty it, damn dark. Yeah. And it involves the superhero. And right. so that opens the door because there's apparently a bunch of corruption. These superheroes literally get away with murder yeah. and all these other things that they are not supposed to be. Right. And uh, it's a deep, dark, corrupted element kind of, of there's an underworld to the superhero. And then it's kind of this group of everyday people that are trying to take on and, and bring to light this corruption yep. and take on this corporation. And uh, a guy... I know you're not a fan of them because we've talked about it off air, but Carl Urban plays another main character called Billy Butcher. Yeah. And I will say 
this role was made for him. Oh, yeah? I think so. <laughs> um, and, man, it's just, it's fun. It is dark. It is gritty. It's dirty. Like, it's... <laughs> It's everything that you would not think of when you think of superheroes. Right. Right. Polar opposite. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's fun and it's super twisted. And so, yeah, I highly recommend it. <laughs> I'm supposed to be this hero idol symbol, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing. She could help us. She's a soup, just on the rest of them. You're wrong about her. Just remember. Who your friends? Who your enemies are? I was talking about all these series and stuff. I mean, I got notes on everything in in here about different stuff. Uh, you know, I got notes on Daredevil season three, which we never talked about. That Punisher season two, we never actually got to talk about all that stuff. Uh, yeah. But I mean, both great. Yeah, amazing. Bo- both amazing. Both yeah. fantastic. The two bright spots of the lesser MCU that was originated on Netflix yes. and now is over on Disney Plus. But I wanted to talk about a series that we watched on Netflix that I wasn't certain if I was going to like it or not. Just based on what I had seen of like the premise and everything, but everyone that I had heard talking about it loved it. And it's a series called The Queen's Gambit. Okay. And it's a limited run. Like it's only, I can't even remember if it was 10 episodes or how many it is, but it's not that many. You know, it's not a lot. Yeah. Uh, but it's the story of this little girl who, by a very tragic instance, <laughs> becomes an orphan and gets put into this like little group home for girls. And okay. it's kind of like out in the middle of the country or whatever, and she just basically ends up living there. I think it's set back in like the 50s or something like that, 50s or 60s or whatever. Okay. And they give these kids as part of like their daily thing, like their vitamins or whatever. But it, it's basically like a drug. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a downer drug or something like that, you know. Okay. But this kid, she befriends the janitor. She's kind of like a out there, kind of on the fringe kind of kid, and she befriends the janitor there and like sees where he he's down in the like the basement boiler area, and she goes down there just to see what he's doing, and kind of kind of sort of befriends him because she sees that he's playing chess. And she wants to learn how to play chess. Like, he teaches her how to play chess, and she oh, starts to get really good at the it. The Queen's Game. Yeah. Oh. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So she starts getting really good at it. Well, one thing that she learns from one of the kids is, like, the drug that they give them, it's like, later on down the road, they realize, oh, well, you, hell, we shouldn't have been giving these kids this drug. <laughs> like, okay, okay. Very illegal. Should not right, have been doing right, that. It's right. like a narcotic, you know? Yeah. Well, like, she starts realizing that the more she learns chess the drugs kind of help her see the board in her mind. And so she'll lay awake in bed at night and stare at the ceiling and on the ceiling, the chessboard will appear. So when you're watching the show, you see the chessboard appear on the ceiling. Like it's kind of like a, like a, like a phantom. It's almost like a hallucination for her. Right. But it helps her channel the board and she can see the moves and so okay. she plays chess on the board on the ceiling wow okay. yeah okay. so the the more she learns about the game the better she gets right, and this right. this janitor guy is the one who teaches her okay and then, so it's basically her story of like growing up in that but then it, it cuts to whenever she's older like a teenager yeah and she finally gets adopted out of this place and she has a home and all this stuff but it has like this weird relationship between the the parents it was like the mom wanted to have her but the dad was like he could care less. He was like a typical fifties kind of dad where just like, you know, have my food ready. I'm going to work, right. you know, I'm all this stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Be ready. Yeah. And yeah. he was 
straight up douchebag or whatever. But okay. it follows her journey, learning to play chess, becoming one of the greatest players in the world. And her now, is this based on a true story or is this? See, just... I originally thought it was, and then the more I started looking at it, it was kind of loosely based on different oh, characters, okay. but it's not okay. it's not a okay. full on, you right. know, thing. And some of the characters have inspiration from other well known characters in history, but it's not a, a direct, you know, historical thing. Right. But man, it was good. It, and this is one of those things where the, the chess and all that stuff, like when you watch those scenes, it's very interesting, especially if you're not a chess player. It's what, like you can get into it even if you're not a chess player because the crux of the show is the drama with the character. And you see how she has become an addict because of all this drugs that she did whenever she was a kid, you know, with this narcotic thing that they would give them at the orphanage. Right. And it, it bleeds into her young adult life. And she's like a hardcore alcoholic now. It chronicles her journey playing and becoming one of the greatest chess players. And she encounters other chess players that are different characters along the way, you know. And it's like this culture of chess. But like her main goal in life with chess is there's this Russian guy who is the best chess player in the world. And she is building up to wanting to face him. She wants to beat him to be the best. Got you. Yeah. But along the way you follow her journey and her day to day life. And it's very dramatic. It's very intense and it's really good storytelling. Okay. Very, very I, good story. I'm glad you saw that because I, I heard people talking about the Queen's Gambit. I've seen it a lot. Yep. But I'm like, what is that? And especially when you talk about chess, you're like, I don't know. Like, you, yeah. you don't think of... Uh, you don't think exciting when you think chess. Right. You don't. But <laughs> the way they do the story that goes along with that, kind of like we were talking about Greenland, you know, the, the, yeah. the whole you have, end you of have the world this expectation. thing. That you have, yeah. The, that whole thing with the end of the world thing is the backdrop. Right, But right. The, the focus is on this family. Interesting. In Queen's Gambit, it's the same deal. You know, chess and the, the evolution of that and how she gets better, that's the backdrop. But the drama of her life and how it unfolds and gets her to that point and the people she interacts with and how she deals with relationships and her viewpoint on all these things, it's a lot. It's <laughs> It's a very dramatic show, and it was so good. Like, yeah. I was surprised at how good it was. All right, then. So I would definitely watch it. It's it's definitely worth a watch. I hope they do another season of it. I don't know that they will. Sure. I don't know where they could go from there, because it was pretty succinct how they wrapped it up and did it, but definitely very good. Is it one of those where they could maybe tell the janitor's story? Uh, no, he died. Oh, well... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> You're an orphan, Beth. I'm fine being alone. I feel safe in an entire world of just 64 squares. Our creativity and psychosis often go hand in hand. Or for that matter, genius and madness. All right, let's switch gears here for a second on this movie talk edition of the Do Table Discussion. Let's do something fun that we uh, like to do here on the show. We I, we haven't done it in a while, though. We haven't. We're just going to get to know each other. You really don't want to know that much about me, Mr. Okay, then. <laughs> it's always fun we can break that clip out. So this segment here is basically just a segment where Jim and I will sit here and ask each other some questions just to get to know each other yeah, kind of deal. And then we also have something fun on the back half of this that we're going to address here in a minute. But first, Jim, let's just ask each other some questions. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll let you go first. Okay. I kept my questions. I only have a couple. I kept mine uh, 
movie related since we're doing a movie talk. Okay. Okay. First one, I just want to ask you, what movie have you seen the most in theaters? And how many times did you see it? Man, the one I've seen the most in theaters. Yeah. Was not expecting that question. <laughs> um, I will be honest with you. Yeah. I don't think there's a movie that I've ever been like, I got to go back and watch that. Like, Really? This so you're not a multiple movie theater viewing type of guy? Not usually. Man, I'm polar opposite. <laughs> this is going to sound weird. I feel like maybe the only time I've done that was for 8 Mile. This is why you don't have any friends. <laughs> And the only reason, the only reason is because I went and saw it opening night. And then I think I was with another friend group that wanted to see it. I was like, yeah, sure, we go watch. Yeah, whatever. That is but, hilarious. But, like, I, I remember opening night of 8 Mile. Yeah. That was fun. That's because it was literally a packed theater, which I don't do. Yeah. I don't do opening nights. Yeah. Uh, but friends want to go see it. And so we got tickets. We get there right before the movie's starting. And place is so packed that we're like spread out everywhere that's so we're not even with each other and i end up sitting in the middle between two very large black women (laughs) (laughs) and which i will say their commentary was hilarious (laughs) like throughout but there were points where i was kind of like should i laugh at that because that is kind of funny but well they uh, it was (laughs) so i was like in my head watch yeah I think that may be the only movie. You weren't expecting the question. I was not expecting that answer. That's funny. That's good. I like that. So I keep this movie theme, but also because we're, we've been covering a lot of stuff from the year that yeah. shall not be named. Right. Uh, what is the one movie that uh, when they started shutting everything down and they said, okay, well, because they, they, they announced all these movies that were coming out. Yeah. Uh, what was the one movie you were most disappointed to hear that it wasn't going to be coming out, that they were postponing it. Oh, that's an easy one, Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah, that was the the one that I was super excited about because I was curious as to what they were going to do with the story. And we've covered that on our show here. You know, check out our most recent episode of that Do Table Discussion. We talk about Black Widow in depth. In depth, Break that down big time. So we'll tag that on this show as well. But yeah, man, that was the one. That was the one whenever the pandemic hit. And they were shutting down theaters and shutting down everything. I was like, oh, damn it. What's that going to do with the movies, you know? And then, like, immediately that was the first one. I was like, oh. Because I think Black Widow was supposed to come out, like, something like three months after. Yeah. You know, like, when everything started shutting down, it was like two or three months after is when the the scheduled release was. And then they got it bumped back. I'm like, oh, that sucks. So, literally, this last year and a half has just been, like, for me personally, like a hype train to get to that movie. And then, uh, and I can say, you know, based off our talk and we were not disappointed so. right right <laughs> you know i i want to ask this question but I, I feel like maybe you already answered it <laughs> whenever you were talking about eight mile funniest thing that ever happened at the movies the funniest thing yeah mm, it might have to be a, I, I don't know would it be that yeah i think honestly it probably ha- would have to be that situation that whole situation yeah yeah i mean there's been a few things where you know, like when you're trying to find your seat in the dark yeah. and stuff like that. that. That can always be right. a little awkward, especially when you're walking in front of people. That was back before they had the wide right, uh, the right. wide uh, aisles and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, it would probably have to be the opening night of 8 Mile. It just hearing their commentary, though, because there was <laughs> there were points where his character with uh, Brittany Murphy's character yeah. and just their commentary is like, oh, damn, girl, you know, like <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> 
That's hilarious. And so it was it was a fun interaction, but it was definitely awkward as well. So that is yeah. funny. Yeah, so, that's hilarious. Yeah. I, I had no idea when I put my. Yeah. My questions together that there was going to be a twofer on that. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. awesome, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so to kind of piggyback off of this get to know the duder segment. Yeah. Uh, we posted in all access on Facebook, which we will tell you at the end of the show how to get into all access. That's right. And you want to get in it. Trust me because of segments like this, we actually put it out there. Hey, we're going to be recording any questions you want to ask us. It can be anything. doesn't matter. Yeah. And once again, our all access people did not disappoint. Okay. So we're going to just go ahead and jump into all access. Man, you give me access. All access? Sweet. All access. You wanted all access? He's getting all access! I'm an all access kind of girl. Ooh la la. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh la la. (laughs) Which is appropriate because I think Amy Carlisle is an all access kind of girl. (laughs) So, in true fashion, super fan of the show, Amy Carlisle in all access. Jumped all over this. So, we're going to answer some of her questions that she put on there right now. I thought this was pretty interesting. She started off with, she put, I'd love to hear a conversation on film scores. Maybe your favorite, mm-hmm. least favorite, or their overall importance to, in film. Amy, you are in luck. We're not going to do it on this show, but Jim and I have already talked about a segment that we are actually going to do on this yes. show. And we're going to probably try and unveil it before this season ends. Yeah. But we have a segment where we are actually going to do a spotlight on movie scores movie soundtracks and it's going to be a a a recurring theme on our show a segment that we're going to do we haven't got it all ironed out yet sure but that is definitely on the horizon that's something new that we're going to be doing so you have that to look forward to well why don't we get let's at least give her a little nugget like when you think of like a good film score let's just talk about that for a second now you want to talk about score you want to talk about a soundtrack it's a score because we've been talking about doing like a soundtrack type uh segment right okay. so let's just like a film score what's what's one that you really well, i'll just throw really one enjoy? out there real quick just uh it, it was actually the score and the soundtrack were both really good and it's it's you know the original mortal Kombat movie mm-hmm. because not only the soundtrack which spawned my love for a lot of different bands because of that soundtrack in particular but yeah. the score on that one was done so well george s clinton was the guy who did the music for that and he also had a little bit of work with uh, buckethead guitarist buckethead and so there's a lot of really, really, really good music. And in hindsight, when you go back and watch that film now, there's not a lot of redeeming qualities. Some of the fight choreography is great, and the music is great, but then certain aspects of the film, you're like, ooh, it's kind of rough. Yeah. But that's one for me that I would definitely say for sure, Mortal, okay. the original Mortal Kombat movie that came out. I believe that was 96 when that came out. Yeah. If we were talking about soundtracks, which I, I'll talk about later on, Amy, so you can't hear you won't know this, but it's a give you a little teaser there. It's an old superhero movie. But as far as scores go, because yeah. uh, on Spotify, every once in a while, I will, I will actually listen to just a film score playlist like if I'm just if I'm writing or if I'm doing something that I just need some music in the background uh, one of them that, that sticks out to me uh, the most is Jurassic Park okay of the original gotcha right? the, the film score of that there's just something magical but then also um intense and it, I just feel like they did a really good job with that that uh that score also, so like I said Amy we're going to do a whole segment on that. It's going to be a recurring segment on the show where we're going to spotlight different soundtracks, different scores that we feel are very important or very just very good, the ones that we like. So I like, I like that she asked the question. Yeah, that's a so. really good question. She also had another one. She had a couple of them. With all the prequels and sequels coming out, are there any films that you would like to see explored further through a sequel or a prequel? 
And I have an answer for that. One yeah. that jumps out for me. I've always wanted to see a sequel to the movie Mr. Brooks. It's a Kevin Costner film where he's yeah. basically a serial killer. With Dane Cook. With Uncle Dane, Dane. With Uncle Dane in it, yes. Yeah. I have always wanted to see a sequel to that just to see what the evolution of his daughter's character in that film. That, okay. that whole thing. Because it teases that maybe she is going to be sort of like him, but you never flesh that out. And I would love to see that evolution. I would love to see that in a sequel. Gotcha. And, but, you know, Kevin Costner doesn't do sequels. Oh. He's never done a sequel. So if he were to do it, this would probably be the first one that he would do. The first ever, right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I. Um, it's one we've talked about, actually, uh, way, way, way back. We had talked about The Magnificent Seven. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. Because not the original Magnificent Seven, the yeah, reboot. The Chris Pratt, Denzel, Denzel Washington, Ethan yeah, Hawke. We, we kind of talked about it then, but, like, how we would like to see... Uh, it'd be really cool to see some of these characters, like Prequels. some of their origin stories. Yeah, right? origin so that, stories for those characters. Um, immediately with that question, that's what I think of. The Magnificent Seven characters, there's some of them, yeah. I think they could have their own story, Yeah, the, prequel. I think sequel. we talked about how great it'd be to see the Ethan Hawke prequel and then a uh, Vincent D'Onofrio one. That yes. one would be a very, very good yeah. one. So. so, yeah, I would totally be down for that. I agree with that. That's really good. Well, lastly, for her, all right, I'll explain what that means here in a minute. Lastly, are there any new and upcoming actors slash actresses that you are excited about seeing more work from? Who you got? There's one, I don't know, the, the immediate one that came to mind when you asked that question was Leticia Wright. Yep. Obviously, claim to fame is Shuri in uh, Black, Black Panther. Panther. Yep. I really liked her character in Black Panther. Right. I feel like she showed a lot of range, quite honestly, in that role. Yep. With the comedic aspect, but then there was a little bit of dramatic. And yep. that, you know, so like, I don't know, she's young. Uh, and then probably some of the Stranger Things cast, too. Like right. some of them. I, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what happens with their career. So. Yep. Yeah, Finn Wolfhard, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does as well. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown, I, I think she gets some notoriety because she's kind of quirky on some things or yeah. whatever and things that she does in her personal life. But on screen, you can't deny her. Yeah. Uh, for me, I want to see more of Florence Pugh. I loved her in yeah. Black Widow, yeah. uh, fighting with my family. I, I just I think she's tremendous. I think she's the next wave of big time actresses, and I I hope she doesn't get caught up in the wave of Hollywood. And I think she I, I would love to see her keep a, a strong head on her shoulders, and because I think she's going to be able to do a ton of great stuff going forward. Yeah. And of course, my man Sterling K. Brown, friend of the show, Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> I love me some Sterling K. Brown. I know yeah. he's been around for a little bit, and he's not necessarily up and coming, but. He's the one guy right now in TV and in Hollywood that I can't get enough of his work. I want to see more of his work. So he's definitely one of those guys that I I got to have more Sterling K. Brown for sure. Last question, indirectly, from Amy Carlisle. There's uh, a reason why Amy Carlisle's got the top fan badge right now. She's awesome. She's she's the best. But you can also get a top fan badge if you interact with our page a lot. Yeah, so. absolutely. But, Her son Benjamin. Yeah. He wants to know what's your favorite dinosaur. Oh, that's it. Hey, I had a feeling that question was coming. And uh, you know, it's funny. You were just talking about Jurassic Park. Yes. And he's asking about dinosaurs. So, Jim, what's your favorite dinosaur? Well, here's the thing you need to know about Benjamin. Yeah. I've met Benjamin. Awesome, amazing kid. Yep. He is a encyclopedia when it comes to dinosaurs. Nice. Knows dude, stuff. He has dropped some dinosaur names that I was like, what are you saying right now? <laughs> dude is a genius nice. when it comes to dinosaurs. Like, cool. He could honestly be the next Chris Pratt uh, as far as when it comes to knowing dinosaurs. <laughs> so, man, probably... My favorite dinosaur. I always bounce between the Triceratops and the Stegosaurus. Really? Like, I, I mean, T-Rex, he's there, he's cool, yeah, whatever. But the, I, I think I really like the Triceratops. Yeah. But I feel like I'd be friends with the Stegosaurus. <laughs> oh, God. 
hey, for me, it's T-Rex all the way. Yeah. I mean, the, typical, mi- the mightiest. Typical meat. The mightiest <laughs> of the dinosaurs. Yeah. I love the T-Rex. You know, the movies have really made the raptor look really cool. Right. Uh, I will say whenever I was a kid, probably in the 8 to 11 range, yeah. I had a 300-piece T-Rex puzzle that I worked every day. I would break down and work every day. And yeah. I got to where I could work that puzzle in like less than two minutes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I love the T-Rex. T-Rex yeah. is awesome. The only bad thing about T-Rex is uh, it's really hard for him to do push-ups. You know what, Jim? His calves and hamstrings are amazing, though, because of those squats he can do. Little <laughs> tiny arms. <laughs> and we have one other question that came out of All Access. Okay, all right. This came from another fan, super fan, Gary Saylor. Gary! Ooh, Gary Bear. Hey, Gary! Woohoo! I love this question, and I told him that in All Access. I, I said it was a fantastic question. You both have worked very hard at this podcast, despite the difficulties of your job. What is both of your end goals for Dude What? That's an awesome question. That is a freaking fantastic question, Gare Bear. Jim, would you like to take the, the reins on this one? Or would why, you like, why, why do you want me to take the reins? Uh, I know you have ideas, <laughs> and you're probably going to talk longer than I am. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Amazing question. Thank you, Gary, for asking that. Because it, it's one of those things we haven't talked about openly, especially on air. But originally, when Brian came to me and said, Hey, I have this idea for a podcast. Uh, it's like, yeah, cool, let's do it. And uh, anybody that really, really knows me is that whenever I latch onto something, especially in the creative, um, I have a tendency to pour everything into it. All of my energy, thinking, planning, all of that. So, yeah, I've thought about it. <laughs> we have talked about, Brian and I have talked about things. I have written down a quote-unquote business plan yep. for Dude What or Dude What Productions down the road what it could be and I think that business plan had a five to ten year plan <laughs> it did like that yeah because um, I, I remember I was telling you about it and I gave it to you and you're like uh <laughs> and it and like it, let's just talk about recording again yeah. <laughs> and it didn't include a pandemic in it right <laughs> right but some of that uh, kind of is branching out like ideally we would like I, I would like to see us get to a point to where you know we have some merch I have a lot of different ideas for that whether it be yeah. on t-shirts uh, trading cards things like that some fun stuff and just some ways to maybe start bringing in some sort of income so then we can kind of begin to pour into yeah. other projects. Uh, I know we've talked about in the past of uh, doing a TV series, like a web TV series. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about writing some scripts for some short films. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about doing different podcasts besides Just Dude What. Right. So like uh, maybe interviewing actors and directors of sh- small films, like indie type films. Yeah. Especially local stuff. Lo- more local, yeah. You know, I've talked about doing a kid's show, podcast, uh, YouTube channel, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, we've even talked about maybe writing a book about our story. Yeah. Kind of being kind of part memoir, part how to start a podcast type thing. So yeah. we've we've got a lot of, I say we, I have a lot of things that I've written down. Brian and I, I, I know you and I have talked about different things. Yeah. So I, that's why I include we because it's, it's. Oh no, us, no, we know. both we both have ideas. You know, I'll just, I'll go ahead and jump in at that point because it, for me personally, my end goal has never been an end goal. Yeah, it's just been like this open thing to see. I just want to see where this goes. Yeah. I take it step at a time, and that's the dynamic that Jim and I have with our relationship. Jim is more looking two, three miles down the road where I'm looking at 20 feet ahead of us and seeing, making sure we're not going to trip over anything. That's kind of my thing. So 
I've always looked at it as, okay, I want to put this out. This is a creative endeavor that I've had in my head. What can we do to put it out there? Right. Okay, we've crossed that milestone. All right, now how can we be better? Let's start building and being better. Okay, we've crossed some of that. I think we're getting into a stride. Now it's all about personal goals just right. along the way. How many listeners do we have? Yeah. You know, Let's build that. You know, how many people are interacting? Let's build that. It's all these little steps along the way. I have in my head things that I would like to do, and Jim and I have talked about certain things. Like We've talked about the idea of having people that are fans of the show come by the house and have like a barbecue right. you know, where we have an interaction and maybe do some interview stuff and record some stuff and put together a little special and release that and have yeah. fun with that. We've talked about the idea how great it would be to do a live version of this show. Yeah, like rent out a movie theater yeah. one day and yeah, just and, do and a do live something, show. And, and, yeah. and it'd be like a variety show type of thing where we yeah. have like music. You know, Obviously, you know, we have Cherry Pop and Daddies that does the music to the beginning of the show. We've daydreamed about the idea of having them actually play the song live while yeah. we do like this variety style live version of our show. We have all these dreams and these hopes and, and, and these ideas about stuff, but it's uh, incumbent on us to get to that by doing the little stuff first. And so for me personally, end goals, I don't have end goals. Sure. I have ideas, but there's, they're not really end goals. Yeah. What I would like to see realistically us being able to turn dude what into some kind of like production company at some point where we are profitable in the regard to where we can make money doing the stuff that we like to do right i like to write you like to write we like to create we like to have a space to do that but we just don't have the time to do it right and so like gary said with our busy jobs we're trying to put out good content and everything it would be great to be able to transition from our day-to-day jobs to doing just this as our job yeah to where we're actually working on the stuff creatively that we want to do. Yeah. And so if I were to say I had an end goal, I would say it would be that. I mean, here, here's the thing. And we've talked about this before. Like if for some reason we had to just pull the plug on this show, yeah. it would be sad. I would go through a time of depression. I think we both would. Yeah. We would understand like, okay, that's just the way life is. Yeah. But it's not, it's not something that we want. I think originally, you know, it was just like, hey, let's just do this for fun and see what happens. Scratch a creative itch. But yeah, I think along with you with the whole dreaming of like the ultimate goal, what what I would like to see as well is that we just have more time to just be creative and just put content out and and interact with fans and to just enjoy the ride of life, man. But, you know, as Gary, you know better than anybody. um, We've chosen to provide for our families with a job that... Essentially doesn't care about your personal time. Yeah, A lot of people think we have a nine-to-five type deal. It's not a punch-in, punch-out. It's a you work until you're done. Yeah. Our job is more amoeba-like. There's no structure to it. It has no shape to it. When you clock out, it's because you've got your work done. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to understand that only because, you know, at times that we have talked about our job, like, well, how can it be that that bad? You know, It is. It's, yeah. (laughs) It is. It is an organism. I don't want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) It's an organism that that takes over uh, that creative portion of our life a lot, so. But yeah, that's kind of where our mindset is with regard to the show and what we want to do and where we want to go. And so you guys are, are now in the know on how we feel about what we're doing here. Yeah. And so Amy Carlisle, Gary Saylor, thank you so much for writing yeah, into the show. We appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. All right, let's get back into the movie talk, Jim. I mean, obviously this is the movie talk edition of the Dude Table Discussion. It is. We're going to do something right now. We're going to do... Kind of like loosely, quote unquote, a movie spotlight. We're going to try not to go too long with this, but this is a movie that we both have seen. We were both geeked about. (laughs) 
We were geeked about yes. the original one. We were geeked about the second one. I think we were more so geeked about the second one because of a certain character that was going to be in it. And obviously, we were talking about Creed 2. This is a film that we both got to watch during the year that should not be named. And I'm excited to talk about this because I'll just go ahead and say right now, that was a freaking great movie. <laughs> it was a freaking great movie. <laughs> yeah, dude. So when I remember when the trailer came out, and I was just like, holy crap. Yeah. And then, yeah, knowing that Drago was yeah. going to be in it. Just the name on the trunks <laughs> was enough to get you hyped to see the movie. Yes. You didn't even have to see who the guy was. Yes. You didn't even have to actually see Drago himself. You just needed to see the name. You knew Creed, obviously related to Rocky in some way, some fashion, the storytelling, all of it. And, of course, Sylvester Stallone's in it. But then you see Drago in the trailer on the yeah. trunks. You're like, yeah. oh. Holy shit, here we go. Yeah, just even like the trailer where like he's training and yeah. stuff and just the song that they chose. It's getting you hype. Yeah, you're just like, holy shit. It's like a hype video. <laughs> uh, so the funny thing is, though, so 2020, man. Never say that again. Sorry, the year that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kylie loves the Rocky movies. She had found out that I hadn't seen most of them. Right. That I'd only seen Rocky Four. Yeah. So we watched all of them. Yeah, we actually talk about that in the archive where Jim went back and actually watched it, and we got to you know finally talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so we kept seeing Creed Two. We kept looking at the runtime. We're weighing out, okay, can we watch it and still get the sleep that we need and things yeah. like that. And so it was like, it became one of those things. It was always in our queue, but we hadn't watched it. And then we finally sat down to watch it. It was good. It was very good. Seeing the dynamic between Adonis and Rocky and how it literally mirrors everything that you saw between Rocky and Mick back in the original ones. Yes. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, you could sit there and say that maybe there was a little bit of redundancy to it, but I don't feel that. Because whenever you're telling a story like this about someone like Rocky, in the twilight of his life, he has all these years of experience and so much life that he's lived and so many battles that he's gone through. And now he's giving all that to Adonis, you know, and teaching him that. And it's the same thing Mick did to rock, you know? Right. And so you see that, like the idea of like, you know, father and son, you know, when you see different generations of that, where it, uh, knowledge experience, uh, you know, different aspects of, of living yeah. passed on from father to son. And in this one, it's coached to the boxer. Yeah. It's just, it was beautiful storytelling. Well, and then you also get a little bit of a redemption story for Drago. Absolutely. And see, and, because, and I made a note of that. I made a note of that. The storytelling with the Drago family. Yes. And just that whole dynamic, because there's more to it. It could have been just this whole quote unquote revenge tale yes. from the Dragos, but it was so much more than that. Yes. And I mean, let's face it, like when Rocky Four came out, I mean, we're in the middle of the Cold War type right. deal. Yep. And so it was very much a, uh, you know, rah, take rah, it to patriotic. Russia. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same point, there was kind of this, this redemptive, even at the ending of that, of like, look, yeah. we all have to share this little ball of gas that we're on. Yep. So there was that element to it. But to then now get the kind of the behind the scenes, mm -hmm. well, it was like of Drago. Of the fact of like he was literally he just happened to be the specimen they used yeah. uh, on the world stage yeah. and he's and then, just and, a nobody yeah and then when he lost he was ousted yeah and so he, like, he, he went from a nobody 
to somebody back to being a nobody. Yeah, and so then you you see the anger that his son takes on from that, and right. so which makes him this big big thing. So the storytelling for the Drago aspect yeah. is just like holy cow. The I'll pr- be honest, like there were elements of watching the movie that I kind of had the thought, and because you mentioned it earlier, uh, of just like a lot of people might say, oh, well, this is the same stuff, predictability. Right? Uh, yeah, and so there was that element that I found myself like leaning in at first like with with some of the movie i'm like well okay we've seen all this before but realizing one this is a storytelling aspect but then two from a franchise aspect that this is literally the movie of passing the baton fully to michael b jordan yes like knowing that because we also follow sylvester stallone on instagram like i remember when they wrapped up the production that i guess he had given a speech on the set and it was pretty much a passing of the baton type speech to Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. So knowing that, you know, his Stallone will be on, he will always be producing these, but knowing that he's taking a step back and he's letting the new generation carry that right. story forward. And actually that that's exciting because you don't get that a lot in a lot of franchises. No, you don't. And especially you, with a character as yeah. iconic. Yeah. And beloved. And beloved as Rocky. Yeah. It's almost like the studio more times than not will keep their claws attached to try and ride that money train. But yes. If you are creative and you understand the dynamic of storytelling and what's best for the overall story, and that's a dirty little secret that most people don't realize. You know, you don't have to just necessarily keep doing what you've been doing to try and get a cash payout. Right. You can put out a really good story and people will come to it and you still make that money. You know, so you can be creative and profitable at the same time. Amy Carla asked the question earlier about, you know, young and upcoming actors and all this stuff. And uh, Michael B. Jordan, he just falls right into that. I know sure. he's not young and up and coming. I mean, he's young. He, he's, uh, he's, he, he's he's here. Not necessarily <laughs> up and coming, but he's here. Yeah. And yeah. I'm excited to see more of what he does. Yeah. But yeah, fantastic storytelling all around in this film. I think, you know, not only just with Adonis's character, but also with, like you said, with the Drago family and that yeah. whole dynamic and everything. I felt as the movie was going on, and what they were working towards, especially in the fight, there was a high level of predictability. Yeah. But I felt like the way they ended the movie, they turned it on its head. He could have just won the fight like Rocky did, right? Right. But they didn't. They had the callback to throwing in the towel. Yes. With Apollo Creed. And it was Drago, you know, saying, hey, enough's enough. Right. And stepping in, he knows that it's just going to be the two of them. Because the mom left, and she doesn't want any part of it. Yeah. At that moment, it becomes more about the father-son relationship. Rather than winning. Rather than winning. Yeah. And And so when they did that, I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Perfect. It's exactly what you should have done in the story. Right. And they did it. Yeah. Because, you know, know, the whole element of, like, as a father, you're pushing your son to succeed. You want to see them win. You want to see them succeed. But then recognizing that the relationship is so much more important than the desired outcome for a certain situation. Right. I thought they did a really good job with that. Yeah. I thought overall the movie was fantastic. Uh, The storytelling was great. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I think a lot of people bagged on and even made fun of the fact that there were so many Rocky movies back in the day. And it's like, oh, you know, who's Rocky going to fight now? I think, you know, you talked about somewhere Rocky's fought everyone except (laughs) E.T., you know. So you can jump on that and criticize, but what's the story? Well, that, that's the it, thing. Know, if you follow the thread, the storyline, holy cow, man. It's it's ridiculous how yeah. good it is. Yeah. I'm all about it as long as the story makes sense. I'm yeah. all about them prolonging and keeping the story alive as long as the story makes sense. Yes. And when the story stops making sense, that's when you need to cut ties. 
But if the stories are compelling and the character development is compelling and everything is just going right along where it should be, it's entertaining and it's storytelling, man. That's what yeah. we want here. Yeah. That's all we talk about here. So I was very excited about it and very pleased with that film. Round after round, you learn more about yourself. And when I stepped in that ring, it wasn't all about me. All right. We broken Creed 2 down. That was a good talk. I love that film. Uh, let's do something fun here on the show. Jim and I have talked about this idea of creating a Dude What Hall of Fame. The time has come for us to induct the first member of the Dude What Hall of Fame. The one word that keeps coming back to me is powerful. Not only a powerful movie, but I think it's an important movie. The story itself is compelling. There's so much drama. The only word that comes to mind, epic. It's so good. It's just a great movie. Everything about it is really good. It's solid from beginning to end. I enjoyed it. The Dude What Hall of Fame. The way we're going to do that is we're going to verbally enshrine a film that we have talked about, really enjoyed on the show, that we feel goes in the Hall of Fame that is a must for people to watch. Right. And so Jim, I, I've bestowed upon you. <laughs> we talked about it a little bit and I was like, you know what? I have ideas, but you know what? I, I trust your judgment. What do you think should be the first film? And, yeah, so, and you, so Jim's going to surprise me with this. I have no <laughs> idea. I have, a, I have a general idea, but I have no clue. You sent me two different movies yeah. that we've reviewed on yeah. our show before. Yes. That are both really excellent movies. Right. And they both have, completely different qualities that make them excellent. Right, yeah. Uh, but the criteria, what we would think maybe put them in a Hall of Fame, Yes, both of these films exhibit that criteria. Yes, and honestly, to me, it's like, well, it's a no-brainer, but it's not a no-brainer. <laughs> and, and I didn't, when you text me, I was like, okay, yeah, cool, Let's, yeah, that's cool. I didn't realize that you were going to have me pick one of those yeah. to be our first yeah. ever Dude What Hall of Fame yeah. movie. I almost feel like it's only appropriate that this would be the first one, and that is Jaws. I was really thinking that you were going to say that, and I'm more than okay with that. I think it is only appropriate that the first inductee into the Dude Hall of Fame would be the first movie that we covered on the show, and the first five that we've ever given on the show as well. We came right out of the gate strong. And it was one of those that we've talked about on many of our episodes. Yes. It's one we call back to all the time. It's definitely um, a staple the, here on the show. To me, it almost only makes sense yep. from a dude what perspective that it would be Jaws because it is one of those that it's a movie that has staying power. It is a movie that uh, so many other movies have mimicked. Yes. Not just in the, the shark element yep. as much as in the way they shoot certain things, yep. the way they do the marketing and the promoting and it's just a blockbuster movie. Yep. I, I feel like this is the, the film that if you were to have a textbook in front of you and it would say, all right, turn to let's, let's turn to lesson number six in the book. And this is what we're going to do. And here's your example of how to do that. Jaws would be that example yeah. for so many movies yeah. from a cinematography standpoint, uh, from a character development standpoint, from a suspense standpoint, from a directorial standpoint, so many different aspects of the film are covered and you can't look at it and not take away some kind of inspiration for something that you're working on. Yeah. There's so many elements to the film that it just makes it so 
damn good. Well, and then even talking about like the behind all the behind the scenes, the struggles. This yep. is you're talking about Steven Spielberg, young. Um, Steven nobody Spielberg. knew. Nobody nope. knew the guy. No one knew right? the guy. So you have a guy that is a, he's struggling mm-hmm. to make something good. He paved the way for a lot of other directors. Absolutely. Right? Like he's changed the standard in the industry, kind of yep. thing. He, there's things that he was pushing the envelope on in that time. You know, even now, still scares the crap out of people. Absolutely. When they watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those that to me it only makes sense. That would be the first one. I mean, heck, dude, we got we got the poster on. Our, on our wall yeah. right here hanging so right yeah. here it's been it, hanging prominently ever since we got the studio finished for sure uh, a representation of the the first five that we ever gave on this show and and rightfully so it's a yeah. fantastic movie and i agree wholeheartedly with the decision to put jaws in first as our first inductee into the dude what hall of fame we're not going to do this all the time nope okay this is going to be a rare thing we're you know we're going to space it out but it was something that we have talked about quite a bit and it's, it's one of those films that if you ask us what's a film that should be on your shelf, this is going to be probably one of the first ones that we tell you that you definitely have to have yeah, this on this your one shelf. You just need to watch. You have to watch this movie. Yeah. It's very good. So I'm very happy with that. First ever inductee into the Do What Hall of Fame is the movie Jaws. Very, very cool. I'm very happy that we were able to get that going here on the show. Now, let's do something fun, Jim. Let's mix it up from all this movie talk, all right? This is something that I've been planning for a little bit that you have no idea about. I actually forgot you had a surprise thing. <laughs> so what we're going to do right now, I have a little game that I want to play with Jim. Do you want to play a game? I want to play a game. We're going to play a little game, okay? I don't want to play. I don't know who you are. I don't care. But I don't play games. You don't have to win. But everybody plays <laughs> so, so uh, that's kind of ominous yes it is very ominous i came up with this idea it's just a fun little thing to kind of mess with jim a little bit i'm gonna <laughs> test Great. your abilities here oh, jim no. this oh, is gonna no. be a fun little game no. are it's, they are, is this a mental aptitude test because i will fail yes <laughs> oh, boy. oh boy no we're gonna play name that tune okay but this is a movie studio edition now, you know when you go to the movies, Jim, yeah. and you're sitting there and the theater gets dark, all yeah. right? or maybe you're sitting at home on your couch and you pop in a DVD, yeah. and the credits start rolling at the beginning, and they always have the studio that is producing the film. And they have their own intro, they have their own music, they have their own thing, and like it's recognizable stuff. Okay, so it kind of goes along with their logo or their little... Right. Yeah. Well, I have 18. <laughs> We're not going to do all 18. Oh, We're not going to wow. do all 18, okay. all right? We'll do a handful of these. This is okay? a little introduction of a game that will probably bring it back at some point. At some point, yes, okay. and we, right. we, we'll talk about that down the road. But okay. we're going to do okay. a Name That Tune movie studio edition. And basically what I'm going to do, like I said, I have 18 here that I've made. Okay. I've mixed them all up. We'll do six of these. And you just pick a number, one through 18. I'll play the clip, and you have to tell me the studio. We'll see how many you can get right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. This is not going to go well. <laughs> Are you ready? No. (laughs) (laughs) So one through 18, pick a number. We're going to do six of these. We'll do number 18. Number 18. Okay. All right, here we go. Now, you know, you've heard it. (laughs) It's familiar, right? Name the studio. Yeah, I know I've heard it. It's, it's one of those like, where have I heard it though? Any guesses? No, what is it? That's Castle Rock Entertainment. Yes, it is. Dang it. 
<laughs> I will say some of these are going to be tough. There's some tough ones in here, but some of these are softballs. Yeah, I won't well, say that that one's a softball. No, because that's one that you used to hear a lot. Yes. You don't hear yes, it anymore. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We'll go nine. Number nine. Okay, here we go. What do you got? Well, I was sitting here mimicking, but now I'm wondering if that was the right one or not. Um, Is it TriStar? Wrong. Nope. Not TriStar. Damn it, Brian. (laughs) So it's not TriStar. Is it Universal Studios? That is correct. Okay. (laughs) Good job, man. Pick another. Let's do one. Number one. I'll give you a hint. This is an older one. It is an older one. Yes, it is. It's It's not not Amblin, is it? Nope. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. You don't don't know? know? Yeah, I don't know. Orion Pictures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pictured in space, the O forming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) These are hard, man. Some of these are difficult, but trust me, there are some you're like, oh, I know that one. You'll you'll know it immediately. All right. Pick another one. Let's do number five. Hmm, that one's tough. Uh, Disney? That is correct. <laughs> Correct. Thanks nice. to my kids. I, <laughs> I thought maybe the fireworks in the background yeah, going no, off. That, that definitely, definitely gave well. it away. Yeah, definitely. No. <laughs> yes, that was Walt Disney Pictures. Yeah, yeah. Let's do number 10. Number 10. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, MGM? There you go. All right. One final one. Make it a good one. Let's do number eight. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is an easy one. It has a Disney sound to it. If you really pay attention to the music, this should be really easy. Is it TriStar? I don't think that's right. (laughs) (laughs) It is not TriStar. I don't know. What is it? Amblin Entertainment. Oh, shut up. (laughs) Because if you listen to Because it has a Spielberg sound to it. Well, not only that, but it also has like a take on the E.T. thing. Yes. And uh, the the logo for Amblin was the the bike with E.T. sitting in the I should have said that. I kind (laughs) of thought that at first. I was like, no, it's probably more of a Disney animation. It sounded like Disney, but yeah. No. That's funny. Whatever. (laughs) Well, that was a lot harder than I thought it was. Hey, you know what? You did 50%. You got three out of six. Not bad. 
bad. Mm-hmm. Some of those were tough. I'm looking at the list, and like I said, some of these are softballs. Like yeah. if you if you would have gotten them, you'd been like, oh, okay. Yeah. But you know, like the Walt Disney one, I know you picked up on that yeah, the one. MGM, pretty, obviously, yeah. but yeah, and the MGM one. But there's some one here that you've been like. Oh, man, those are easy, but you just happen to pick the really tough ones. It's like, man, I heard it. I know, I know, I know that. Where is it? You always, I don't know, the, the soundbite stuff gets me all the time, though, so. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next portion of the show. This is the final movie talk segment of our show. I know we're running a little long, but hey, this is a fun episode. I like doing these uh, from time to time. Well, right now, we're just going to talk about some movies that are coming up down the road. some exciting coming attractions. Talk about some sound. Talk about sound bites, from buddy. The past, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jim, there's a ton of movies that are coming out. We can't possibly talk about all the ones that are coming out, but Are you sure? I'm, I'm definitely positive. <laughs> Speaking of coming attractions, we are actually recording on the weekend that the new Suicide Squad movie is hitting theaters. That's right. Pretty excited about that. My wife has not seen the original one yet. I thought she had gone to the theaters and seen it with us. Yeah. But apparently she did not. So, we're going to try I think and watch that one first even though it's a train wreck, but anyway, no, it's <laughs> but, it's a Harley Quinn movie is what it is. Well, you know. We're going to watch the original Suicide Squad, I think, and then try and make it out to the theater maybe this weekend. We'll see how the schedule goes this weekend. I don't know. She's having a pretty terrible day at work right now. But Well, who knows? By the time that people are listening to this, I'm sure we'll have a a new table discussion about Suicide Squad. There's definitely possible. High probability. Yeah, high probability. Shaw out there is listening. Hey, Shaw, I know you're tuning in. Uh, You've probably already seen it, so uh, he invited us to go with him. But I I definitely wanted Crystal to see the first one before we went, so I don't know if that's going to happen. But... Let's talk about some coming attractions, aside from the Suicide Squad movie that is coming out this weekend. Uh, let's just rapid fire. You know, we won't get okay. too too crazy with the, the breakdown of these. Let's just yep. throw them back and forth. You want to lead us off with one that you're excited to coming out? Well, it's funny. I saw a trailer for one, and I was like, I want to see that. And then I realized it's already out. So, uh, <laughs> But it was a movie called Boss Level, and I was like, oh, it already came out. I haven't seen it yet. Kind of like a Groundhog Day style movie. It's got Mel Gibson and uh, what Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'd seen trailers for it i didn't realize yes. it already had come out so but you're, but but you're excited to see it yeah boss level i'm excited to see that one um but you know it, it's funny that you say that because i wrote down a cop shop because yes. i shared that uh, link on our facebook page yes the thing that's got freight grillo in that one as and well friend and, of the show, gerard and friend of the show gerard butler my god yeah you know so i mean what's more american than gerard butler and frank grillo well, stuck yeah. in a jail cell america and i mean the whole concept of that like yeah the idea of an assassin trying to, to hit his mark and then another assassin comes in. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole the trailer, I was like, oh, this looks like it's going to be fun. Yes, it yeah. is. Uh, there's another one that I actually saw a trailer recently uh, that Will Smith put out. Yeah, King Richard. King Richard. Oh, my God. It looks like it's going to be a really good uh, kind of biopic. Yeah. Of, uh, Heavy on the drama. The, yeah. This, uh, the Venus the, and Serena Williams. Williams. Sisters, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see that, especially because it's a, it's a different role for uh, Will Smith. Yeah. So. I like Will Smith dramatic. Yeah, I, I enjoy Will Smith dramatic because I think he does a very good job with that. And you've seen shades of that way back in the day. Yeah, like on Pursuit Fresh of Happiness. Yeah, uh, and on Fresh Prince of Bel Air, even yes. going back in there, some of the, uh, you know, the father issues and stuff they had on yeah. there. So he yeah. can definitely handle the drama for yeah. sure. One for me that I'm pretty excited about. I mean, obviously all the stuff that's coming out with the MCU. I mean, there's a whole swath that we can do a separate show just on that. Just on but that. Yeah. One in particular, just because I'm a huge martial arts fan. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. All the trailers that are coming out for it looks 
freaking fantastic. Yep. It's going to fall right in line with the MCU, but gives a, a different little flavor. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see that one. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, another one I've kind of been under the radar for me, but uh, you were actually showing me pictures, and we watched a trailer not too long ago, House of Gucci. It's oh, one of those, man. Like, <laughs> Adam Driver, Lady yeah. Gaga, Jared Leto. I mean, freaking. Doesn't Ed, even look like Jared Leto. Doesn't even Jared? look like him, which is good. Right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of those like I really had no idea, no bearings on what it was about or anything like that. But then as you were telling me, then you watched, did you watch the trailer? trailer like, like holy uh, shit, I'm in for it. Let's do it. Yeah. And you know what, Lady Gaga, my God, uh, who knew what a tremendous actor she would turn out to be? Yeah. I mean, just fantastic. Yeah. Talk about up and coming. Oh right? Jesus, yeah. man! I tell you what, I, th- I really think she's going to parlay her music career into a very, very, very steady and uh, fruitful acting career. Yeah. And I'm excited for it. I think yeah. it's going to be great. I think she's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to Dune coming out. <laughs> yeah, Holy Dune, crap. Yeah. I've uh, never read the book. I yeah. remember uh, growing up, and like especially in high school and stuff, I would see people reading it, and it's a massive beast of a book. Right. And I was like, no thanks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this is kind of a reboot or remake. Right, reimagining. Because uh, I think there was an original Dune yeah. that was out there. But yeah, this one looks amazing. A freaking friend of the show, Dave Batista. My yeah. God. Hey, Dave. Yeah. Hey, Dave. What's going on, buddy? We're so excited to see this film. See My God. Yeah. yeah. There's another up-and-coming, so to speak, actor. I yeah. I can't get enough Dave Batista. Yeah. I love me some Dave Batista. I, I'm really digging what he does. Uh, there's another one that's coming soon. I can't remember. It'd probably be 2022, but I've been seeing trailers for it. And I'm actually, I'm intrigued, and I'm kind of excited to see, yeah. is The Batman. Oh, my God, dude. Like, all the teaser trailers that they've been putting out, Robert Pattinson. Like, when I heard that they cast him as the new Batman, I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Right. But then I started seeing the teasers. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's, it looks really good. It looks gritty. It looks like it's tapping more into the whole Arkham style like you right. see in the video games. Yeah. And I'm all for that. Yeah. It's another one of those things. It's like, don't try and top what is already there. Just do your own thing. Do it, yeah. Get, give us something different, something fresh. And it looks like they're going to do that. Holy shit. Looks yeah. really good. Speaking of doing something fresh, but also in the same vein as something that already exists, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, Holy hell, dude. Yes. I mean, are you kidding me? Okay, so I never saw the one with the girls. Okay, yeah, we talked about that. you had talked about it. Talked about that in the archive. I thought they did a pretty decent job with it. A lot Um, of people dumped all over it, but I enjoyed it. I think because I'm more of a... Purist. I grew up on Ghostbusters. Purist. So yeah, I'm like, I have no desire to watch that. Right. When I saw the first trailer for Afterlife, I got chills. Yep. It was one of those like, hell yes. yes. And then I saw the new one, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And plus, I mean, you you got Paul Rudd in it. <laughs> who who doesn't freaking love Paul right. Rudd? My God. And then you mentioned earlier talking about young and up and coming actors yeah. and Finn Wolfhard in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Right. How cool right. is that? Yeah. And well, I think you know the tie-in with Stranger Things. Obviously, we went them wearing Ghostbuster uniforms. Absolutely. And, and so to see him in that, yeah. but just watching the trailer was one of those like, yes, right. This is the carry on of a story. If you're wanting to reboot a franchise, this is the way to go. Yep. And I really am going to be upset if they ruin it. But <laughs> the trailers make it look awesome. Yep. Another one uh, that's coming out, I mean, they're in production right now, and I actually saw a couple of pictures and stuff of, of some of the production, but John Wick 4. Oh, my God. Does it ever end for Mr. John Wick? <laughs> Talk about tortured characters. Rambo, Jack Bauer, John Wick... Does he ever get to rest 
<laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to obviously see that the, right. the fourth installment. I, yeah. I think it is coming out early next year. But yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. It's John Wick. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you can strap in. It'll be great gunplay. It'll be great martial arts. The prolonged storytelling that they're doing with that. It'll be fun. Some of the new people that they're getting signed on to this production stuff like that. See, I haven't been following any of that, so yeah, it's, it's going to be when they start releasing trailers for that. It'll be a nice surprise for me. Yeah, I'm also looking forward to uh, Jackass Forever. I was surprised to find out that my daughter has never seen any of the Jackass films, so I'm going to... <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to have to... Uh, I'm going to have to carve out some time one weekend for us to sit down and watch uh, one through four, and it'll be a lot of fun. You need to sit down with her, watch those, and then come in and record... Her immediate uh, reaction? Her, her reaction. That'd be a lot of fun. That could be a fun That actually would be, would be a lot of fun, really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a sucker for the stupidity that they do on there, but yeah. I feel like they do it well. And so it's you know one of those things is like, I, I don't mind to veg out for an hour and a half to watch them do a bunch of dumb stuff. So <laughs> right. It'd be a lot of fun. Another one that I'm excited about, and I don't know why I'm excited about it, but <laughs> I am, um, is Uncharted. Oh, nice. Tom Holland. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, based on the video game. Right. Things the like that. video game series. Yeah. So um, I think I'm excited about it because it, I don't know, it had more of the adventure theme. Yeah. I like the Indiana Jones style adventure yeah. type stuff. And, and I feel like that's kind of making a comeback because Jungle Cruise just came out. And right. I know they've been teasing Uncharted for a while. And, and so I'm kind of excited to see what they do with that. Yeah. The pre-production stills and stuff that I've seen of Tom Holland in that role uh, how he's, you know, kind of added a little bit of mass to his frame and everything, and just the good costuming that they've done. He looks the part for yes. sure. So we'll yeah. see how he actually handles it. So that'd be a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. We mentioned it earlier Stranger Things. Uh, a lot of teasers coming out for that season four. Yeah. And I, I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm like, will you please end it? And not because yes. I'm not liking it, but because how much longer are you going to drag the story out? Well, at yeah. some point, you need to round out the story. Yeah. And it's also one of those like, because of Stranger Things, most of those actors are now big names. Right. So you need to end it. Yeah. Because we will always be waiting for another season yeah. because they're out there doing other films. Yeah. <laughs> Tie so. up the story. It's, it's yeah. the same thing that you see like with Benedict Cumberbatch in the Sherlock Holmes series that yeah. they play on BBC. It's the same deal. He would love to continue that story, but let's just face it. He's a very busy man these yeah. days, and yeah. MCU has got him tied up for quite a while. So anybody out there that's wanting to see any more installments of the Sherlock Holmes series, you're not going to get it. Yeah, you're just not going to get it, yeah. and that, that sucks because I love it. But at the same time, you know he's got other stuff that he's got to do. Same thing with Stranger I, Things; it, you got to round out the story. Well, and and I will say the way they end it, the third season. Yep. I don't know how they're going to top it. Uh, it's going to be it, really, it, really difficult there, for them there's to gonna top be a, There's a lot of pressure. <laughs> you think? Yeah, because <laughs> the way they ended it, but then the, because of the gap with the, the 2020 deal and all that, so yeah. it's pushed everything back. Yeah. But I, I am excited to watch yeah. it. I have a feeling when that comes out, we'll probably end up doing probably side do it. table yeah, we're, just we're, Stranger we're, Things talk. I guarantee so. it, yeah, for yeah. sure. you talk about Stranger Things, you know, the, the TV series. Yep. I'm excited for the boys, the next season to come out for that, but there's one that that I've been seeing teasers for for a new series. And it's the Lord of the Rings. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen the teasers myself, but I've heard about it, and I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, like I just you hear, you're hearing them talk about like they're starting production, they're doing right. all these things, and so uh, the money that they're going to invest into, I think it's going to be a Amazon Prime type okay. deal. I'm excited to see what they do with that. How heavy of uh, involvement is Peter Jackson going to have with that? You think that I'm not sure. I'll have to do more digging into right. all of that. But uh, I mean, just the fact that I mean, when you're when you're dealing with J.R. Tolkien, like and his world. 
I mean, we just saw little bits of it with the movies that were out there. Right. So to know that they're doing a TV series, it's going to be interesting. That'd be I'm cool. sure it's going to have a Game of Thrones vibe to it. but Obviously. Um, but yeah. maybe do its own thing as yeah. well. Yeah. All right, I'm going to finish up. This one is more of a rumor than anything, and I hope it's true. I've heard some rumblings about it over the last month or so. A new season of Punisher. You know, we touched Wait, on it. Yeah, exactly. We touched on it a little bit earlier. Punisher being moved from Netflix along with all the other lesser MCU stuff, your Jessica Jones, your Luke Cage and all that stuff is being moved over to Disney Plus uh, along with all, you know, the other Marvel stuff and, you know, the, the rumblings are that Punisher is going to get a new season. Also, Luke Cage is going to get a new season. So, I'm excited for that. I'm really looking forward to that. I hope it comes to fruition because Punisher, oh my god, that character John Bernthal as the Punisher, perfect casting. It's one of those things you got to have more of it. Well, and we, I mean, we've talked about it in the past, but like, I mean, obviously the Punisher is my probably my go-to favorite, absolutely, uh, comic book character. Yep. And to see his take on it, he's owned it. He's owned that character. He has owned, it's his character. It now. is. It's him. You I love Thomas Jane's any. Punisher. Yeah. It's a great interpretation. I thought that movie was really good. Yeah. That interaction, the whole thing, the development, just you know, the the grittiness and the drama of it. I thought it was really good. John Bernthal took it to a whole new level. Yeah. And I, I'll be honest, I was a little trepidatious when I heard that it was going off of Netflix. I get it. Marvel owns it. But knowing that Disney Plus, you know, when you think of Disney, you think of light. Fluffy. Fluffy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and you got little glimpses of darkness with Black Widow. But it's like, are they going to do the Punisher the way Netflix did it? Right. And are they going to keep in that vein? And they kind of have to. If they're doing a third season... I might have to dive into the Disney Plus thing. <laughs> For sure. Or I'm coming over. Absolutely. Come on over. We'll have a Punisher slumber party. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, this was an action-packed show we did here, man. Chock full lot. of content. We got a lot of stuff pulled out of our archives. It was much needed. I cleaned up our notepads. I, I have room now. I can make new notes. Right. Uh, we, can, we can close the chapter of the year that shall not be named. You don't actually believe any of that, do you? Let's be honest, Jim. That's not going to happen. Well, <laughs> it's ongoing. Come on. It, it is, yes. But <laughs> your heart's in the right place, but uh, thanks, you're thanks, wrong. Thanks. <laughs> it's time to get ready for the next episode, That's Jim. Right. That's what we do here on the show. That's we got to right. get ready for it. And the way we do that is I got to give you some new categories, you buddy. Do. So let's get prepared for that. Are you ready for your new categories? No. Okay. I never am, but no, let's right. do it. All yeah, right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go. First up, John Travolta. Whoa. We have never had John Travolta as a category on this show. In the four years that we've been doing this show, or four plus or whatever. Yeah. We've never had John Travolta as a category. But he's on air today. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, John Travolta. Next up, cop movies. Okay. And your last one, based on a true story. These are films that are based on true stories. It's pretty self-explanatory. So, again, John Travolta, cop movies, and based on a true story. Make your selection, sir. Man, oh, man. Yes, sir. Mm. You know what? Let's go with Johnny T. Let's do that. Oh, yeah? John Travolta. Let's do that. I am surprised by that. I really thought you were going to go for the based on a true story. All right, John Travolta I, 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 it is. It's going to, but here we go. I want to do Johnny T. There Let's we go. That. Johnny T, baby. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. First up, Saturday Night Fever. Okay. Can we pick a different category? <laughs> <laughs> no, you've already right. made your selection, Saturday sir. Saturday Night Fever. Yep. Oh, okay. Second, Grease. Okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And the last one from the Johnny T don't category. You, don't you dare. Face Off. Okay. <laughs> what was that? 
What was what was that? Because if you're gonna say Pulp Fiction, I was probably going to walk out of the, the studio. Of course, I don't know, but it's still okay. All right, that's crazy. You're you're crazy. Saturday Night Fever, Grease, and Face Off. Face Off. One of which we will cover okay. on the next episode of the Do What Movie Review Podcast. It could be two, it could be three. You just don't know, Jim. You'll never know. That's true. You will never freaking know, Jim. We want to thank you guys for tuning into the show. Can't thank you guys enough, especially on this very long episode we got here. But hey, I had a lot of fun on this. We talked about too. a ton of stuff, so this was a lot of fun. I, I, I like when we get to do these uh, movie talks. Yeah. Uh, it helps us kind of purge the system. Uh, as always, you guys can find everything Dude What related at DudeWhatPod.com. Go ahead and check out our archive on there. It's at DudeWhatPod.com slash archive. And you know what? You got to get ready for those holidays, buddy. They're off in the distance. I've mentioned it before. You can almost taste it in the air. And it's funny that I bring up holidays because we're going to go ahead and talk about right now a little bit of our schedule. We are on a season. This is season one. We've relaunched this year, you know, the year that should not be mentioned ever again. Hit us with a wrecking ball and made our plans get removed a year. And so this relaunch that is going on, we've decided to do it as seasons. And so we are in officially season one. Our season is going to be coming to an end really soon. But fear not. That doesn't mean that the show's going anywhere. It just means this season is going to end. So our season is basically going to end at the end of September. Our last projected show uh, on our schedule is going to be September 22nd for season one. September 8th, you're going to get a re-release. We've already got it on the docket. Yep. It's going to be really epic. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. It will get you prepared in a way going into our holiday season. Yes. Now, like I said, season one is going to end on September 22nd. After that, we are going to go right into our holiday season. We're going to have a Halloween special, which we haven't done in two years. Because we ran into a snafu. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm very, I'm very excited for the Halloween. Very special. excited for the Halloween special. That's gonna be a lot of fun. And then we have our Thanksgiving special, which, which is, is gonna be a table scraps. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the the stuff that I've forgotten. Right. That you have right. just stored away in little files. Yes. Which table um, scraps for you guys that may be new to the show? Table scraps is an outtake show. I basically put together different reels of stuff that happened behind the scenes, stuff that did not make the show embarrassing stuff, funny stuff, sometimes poignant stuff. Sometimes we have some deep conversation things or whatever, but more times than not, it's just us being stupid. Right. Very, very stupid behind the scenes. And I unveil it to the world. And so everybody can get a nice little chuckle at us. As my beautiful wife likes to say to people, it's just them listening to themselves and laughing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's it's funny. It's more than that. It's no, it's, it's a shared experience. it's kind of like Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. Sure. <laughs> and then we also have our Christmas special in December. Yes. Which are always, always fun. Yeah. I have so much fun on those, and on the Halloween special and on the Christmas special, we always do like a two for one. Yeah. It's a do table discussion where we talk everything about the holiday, but we also talk about a movie that I've never seen that is related to the theme. So a Halloween film, a Christmas film. So you get a two for one, you get a bonus show. So it's, it's actually a lot of fun. Now within that holiday schedule, those are going to be the three new episodes that we release now along the way. If we have time, depending on what our work schedule is, we're probably going to do some re-releases from the archive, maybe a couple of those along the way. 
And then we will also try and maybe fit in some Dude Rector's Cuts, which, by the way, Dude Rector's Cuts are basically Jim and I sitting down and watching movies that we've deemed are movies that people should watch. Right. And we just give our commentary on it. And it's one of those things, like, obviously, from copyright standpoint, we can't play the whole movie. Why would you want to just hear a movie? But... It's commentary that we record that you sync up with the film. So as you watch the film at home, you can listen to us give bonus commentary on it. And we do weird little games. We make yep. jokes. We point out stuff. We All have fun facts. fun facts. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a lot of fun. And we may try and do a couple of those along the way during our holiday season as well. On so. top of, there are a couple of the movies that we talked about earlier about that are coming out. Yes. We're hoping to go see Absolutely. if we can sit down and do little side tables there. Yes. All of that will fall under a, it's not under a season. Yeah, no uh, season. And, and, and we've, we've kind of beat the horse to death, I feel like, but maybe we haven't communicated enough is the fact that because of our job is why we're doing the seasonal thing. Absolutely. As well as... Because of copyright stuff yep. with Cherry Pop and Daddies, yep. which we're going to renegotiate all that for next season. That's right. So we'll probably have more for the next season. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers um, crossed. We have a limited but, amount of episodes that we can actually use the intro for. Yes. And that's cool. That's fine. Yeah. And it actually worked out for this season. Yeah. It worked out really no, well. Really so did. like Jim said, we're going to get all that taken care of in the new season yeah. and hopefully be able to use it for more episodes. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Right, right. Now. Again, thank you so much for following us. And you know what? Go ahead and tell four of your friends to follow us as well. Get on there and tell them, hey, black background, orange lettering. Dude What Movie Review Podcast. Get them to follow. And while you're at it, go ahead and give us a five-star review, baby. That's right. Five stars. Five-star review, baby. Uh, We need it. Leave a review. And for those of you people that can't leave a review on your podcast outlet, whatever that may be, just head on over to Facebook because we're on all the social media stuff. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. And you can leave a review on Facebook if you can't leave it on your podcast outlet. And also, while you're on Facebook, this is where the fun begins because we have a little thing on there called All Access. All Access. You heard Amy Carlisle and Gary Saylor earlier getting involved via All Access because we post stuff in there all the time. Yep. Polls, movie links, uh, all <laughs> kinds of things. Pictures. Yes. Uh, prom pictures. Yep. I just posted the the wedding video that I've been the behemoth that I've been working on, right? Just so they could see what I've been talking about. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. we we put all kinds of fun behind the scenes stuff in all access, and it's just a little group for you know like minded people to get together and talk about stuff yeah. and engage in things. And we're trying to build a little community there. And you really shape the show whenever you're in there. Like a couple weeks back, whenever we actually let all access pick the category for the yep. show, so you can become a part of the show and feel like you're a part of what we do here. And the way that you can actually get in involved in all access it's real simple you just got to let us know that you want to be in all access yep. and one way that you can do that is you can send us an email hey you guys at dudewhatpod.com or get on any of the social media stuff like we said twitter instagram facebook we're on all of them just drop us a line and say hey uh that all access thing guys you know you got you gotta like look over your shoulder man because yeah. you don't want to like you can slide into our yeah. dms wow and- wow you why did you what what, what? why did you do what? that Why are you going to make it awkward? (laughs) But that's how you get into all access. Just let us know that you want to be in there. We'll give you permission to get into the club. And then you can engage with us and have some fun on there and ask us questions and and, and just share funny stuff and just create dialogue, really. So you guys definitely get into all access. Let us know that you want to be in there and we will hook you up. Jim, I got nothing else, man. I think I'm done. I'm pretty sure we have covered everything. I got four hours of audio to edit, and this is going to be a lot of fun. And I got to go celebrate being old. (laughs) We all have our problems (laughs) that we're working through. (laughs) 
Thank you guys for tuning into the show. We will see you guys next week for the Johnny T category, baby. Johnny T. Johnny T. Love it. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye.